You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, welcome. We're here today to examine pop culture blunders and fumbles to imagine what we would have done to make the movies, TV shows, and video games of the VHS era even better. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And this is Raised by Rentals. Today, we are our, on our first episode. It's our first episode, Mike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maiden voyage. <laughs> here we go. I, I, I started jumping right into like, hey, we're going to talk about X you know, fill in the blank. And, uh, but I figured before we get into that, let's stop and talk about what the show is a little bit, why we're here, why we feel we've been raised by rentals, uh, <laughs> and what this show is all about. Um, yeah. So, you know, in, 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 uh, in short, we, you know, we felt like we needed, you know, another, or we wanted another venue to get together and have a chance to just geek out about movies, TV shows, video games, you know, comics, all the stuff that we love to talk about. Obviously you spend, uh, you know, time on podcasts, you know, every week, you know, talking about movies. Well, actually let me back up. I shouldn't say, obviously, why don't we take a minute <laughs> to introduce ourselves, uh, to the audience for this show in case, you know, we have anybody listening that isn't familiar with your existing podcast work. Uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. So I'll toss the ball to you for a second. All right. Well, uh, uh, I do two different podcasts. Uh, one is the boogeyman's closet. Uh, it's a weekly movie podcast, obviously about horror movies with a title like the boogeyman's closet. Um, we cover different topics each month. So like this month we're covering Christmas horror because you know, December, um, and we we have people vote on which four titles they would like us to cover, and we cover each one of those once per week. And I also do uh, uh, Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash, where I get together <laughs> with uh, two friends and we talk a lot about toys. So that's that's always a fun show to do as well. We do that once a week. Uh, but yeah, me and Josh have been talking for years. We've been friends for God, what like twenty something years now. Oh gosh, yeah, don't date it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're world. Um, but yeah, we always used to sit around and just talk comics, video games, movies, etc. And we would end up going off on these long-winded tangents about this would be cool if they did this, or what if they did this, or what if the next sequel was this. And uh, recently, Josh guested on our Shaun of the Dead episode over on Boogeyman's Closet, and we got to talking afterwards, and we're like, you know, we really need to make a podcast, because we have a lot of fun ideas. They may not be great, but they're fun. Um, about what could have been. So that was kind of the impetus for this show. Yeah, and it goes back to, like you mentioned, conversations that, you know, we've had, you know, decades ago, right? And it begs the question of, like, you know, why does anybody care? But, you know, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> anyone other than us. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I think I think there, we, there's something here to offer because, you know, we not only do we, you know, entertain ourselves and crack each other up. But like you said, you know, we've had a lot of, you know, really, really good ideas and interesting theories and, and, and stuff that, uh, that when, when we've discussed it with other people, it always leads into, you know, uh, people getting excited or, you know, wanting to take part in that conversation. And there have been like multiple times when, you know, you've been good enough to invite me onto the Boogeyman's Closet. And we've talked about a movie and then we just go on this tangent about some other movie or TV show or something <laughs> that comes yep. up in the, in the context of the conversation. And then I feel like those are like 
those are a really fun uh, element of being on the show and like having a guest on. And I always really, really enjoyed it. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to derail the episode. You know, on a recent episode, you know, Susie, one of your co-hosts, you know, even mentioned she was like, like referencing me to say, OK, we have to get back on track, get back on track. Because <laughs> 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 I guess there have been enough times when I've been on the show, gone off on some tangent in the the very, you know, verbose way that I that I have. And then I've been like, no, 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 no. We're not here to talk about that. And, you know, I'm because I'm trying to stay, you know, uh, respectful of the fact that, you know, uh, we're here to uh, on your show to talk about, you know, a specific movie. And I don't want to you know <laughs> turn it into like, you know, Mike and Josh in the kitchen 20 years ago, you know, talking about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they did, you know, X, Y and Z with this movie franchise? And it's like, wait, we're here to talk about this movie that people voted on. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like in Star Wars. Stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> exactly. Well, but, you're so. Yeah, so now we're here to to not stay on target, really, but you know, just to have a chance to, to talk about these things. And I wanted to point out too, you know, and it should be very obvious at this point in our maiden episode uh, that you know this is just going to be a completely off the cuff, unedited uh, show as much as possible. You know, outside yes. of outside of any obvious you know uh, edits for you know uh, bathroom breaks or whatever. But you know, we do this. This is just hitting record and let's have a conversation and see where it goes. And I'm you know don't want to get too concerned about the ums and the ahs and the the rap Habit trails we go down and just you know enjoy the conversation basically live to hard drive yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but um you know, we, we but we did decide on a, on a on a focus for the show and i kind of mentioned it a minute ago but you know specifically the movies the tv shows the video games the comics whatever all these media game uh media properties that you know you and i grew up with that shaped uh who we are as you know something agers you know um <laughs> You know the uh, the the that that Gen X millennial crossover uh, generation. You know, uh, you know the alternative music uh, generation. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's not just uh, navel gazing. You know, dancing in a mirror. You know, for our own, own entertainment. But I feel like if you look at you know the culture of or U.S. you know or American culture now, so much of it is shaped and focused on those properties. I mean, look at Netflix and how many shows they have that are about, you know, the movies that shaped us or the toys that made us or the last blockbuster or whatever. And then, you know, even on TikTok, there's so many trending videos about, you know, the the Generation Xers versus the Millennials versus the Generation Z, whatever. Like, so this, you know, this this awareness of the pop culture influence from, you know, from our generation, the post baby boomer, you know, uh, pop culture explosion generation mm-hmm. uh, is really where we're coming from. And so I think it's, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of interesting things there to explore. And so you know, we really decided to focus on the VHS era, which you know, is basically when VHS videotapes became a dominant or prominent uh, source of, you know, home entertainment for the first time, right around 1980 or so, when they when they started to win uh, the battle versus the Betamax format wars, and then. Um, I always ended at 2005, even though VHS were produced after that. But 2005 was when um, A History of Violence was released to home video market, which was the last major Hollywood film to be released on VHS, you know, during uh, as a standard format. So that's yeah. about 20, about 25 years. And I mean, it's the action movie explosion. It's the the death and the return of horror. You know, it's <laughs> yep. the rise of Nintendo and Sega and grunge and alternative music and image comics and like so many things uh that came out of the 90s the the 80s and the early 2000s um yeah so what are we going to talk about today mike 
Oh, well, we we were talking. Let me start that over. <laughs> we were talking about how since it uh, tis the season for uh, holiday movies, we were trying to figure out a holiday film to talk about. But we went down a different way with it. Uh, we both love Friday the 13th. We, we diehard fans of the franchise. And we both enjoyed the remake for what it was. But we were both very excited by the concept of what they had planned to come next. And it was a very loose concept. They only talked a little bit about it. Um, but it never happened. It never came to fruition. Uh, we have, uh, well, I mean, there's all the legal troubles that the franchise has faced in the last couple of years, um, as well as various hands in the cookie pot that uh, have messed things up since the remake came out in 2009. Um, but the idea is, let, let's let's look at what could have been with the Friday the 13th remake sequel. <laughs> so, <laughs> remake part two. Um, remake part two. But, I mean, hell, it could even be just, you know, a- another remake. It could it could be anything, really. It's just, it's Jason, you know, just a Jason movie. We want to explore the idea of Jason at Christmas. Now, for those of you that don't know, the original concept for the sequel to the remake was going to be a extended family uh, renting some cabins for the, like, for the Christmas season. So it was going to be like, you know, a, a nuclear family and then, like, aunts and uncles and cousins and all that. And then, you know, some of the kids are bringing their, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, yada, yada, yada. So there's plenty of fodder to go around. But the difference here is that, uh, you know, in a normal Friday the 13th, it's just a bunch of people we don't care about. It's it's fodder one, fodder two, fodder three. You know, we, we basically are there for the kills. In this, it's a family unit where you're going to be, you know, at least involved in some way with this group of people it's kind of like if, if anyone has ever seen the movie krampus <clears throat> from uh, i think it was 2015 the, it's it, the the family is very hateable but they're a family so you give a shit uh and that's kind of the same thing here so we wanted to explore what could have been with jason going after a family in the winter around christmas time yeah and i think that it's a it's a fascinating concept so um I think what we're going to do here in you know in our little uh, virtual like video store is uh you know it, it go go to go to the section and we're going to pull our little fictional movie off the shelf and just kind of go through what we think you know would have happened uh during this film that we never got uh and just like in a you know in a in a video store of old for those of you who remember the glory days of the <laughs> blockbusters and the movie times and uh and the hollywood videos uh as you know you they they'd have a section for horror and for comedy and for you know children and family and drama or whatever so our our, our virtual video store doesn't have those those uh those genre sections you know, we have we have a few other ones and we'll introduce them as we go along. But we're going to go to our first our first section of the shelf and pull uh, a lost footage movie uh, to talk about, you know, the the Friday the 13th that could have been. Um, and, I, and I'm glad you mentioned the the concept, Mike, of the the character that, um, you know, we can really relate to that we care about rather than just the fodder. Because, mm-hmm. you know, for those of those listeners who you know, are familiar with Friday the 13th uh, series, there are really only a handful of characters outside of the Voorhees family that are really memorable, you know, in the grand scheme of things, right? Obviously, there's Tommy Jarvis, who right. was, fe- was featured in, in, in uh, was it three of the movies? Um, yep. 
and uh, Tina uh, from a, a Part Seven, A New Blood, you know, who was the sort of Carrie stand-in, uh, and, and I mean, and a few others like people know about, you know, obviously the Voorhees family themselves, Jason and, and Pamela, and you know, there's a few others in the in the the the, the wider lore. But like, I don't yeah. even remember what Jason's sister's name was from, you know, part Jason nine. Goes to Hell. Yeah, it's yeah, like, the only one from Part Nine I remember is Creighton Duke. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> he has that great name. You know, not only that, but uh, he. He always keeps saying he says reborn really funny. He's like, we must stop him before he gets reborn. Like, I just remember him saying like, Jason's a big old pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh um, my god, great movie. So it's so, so um, and and uh, and because you know this is obviously you know, this is unscripted, so you know we're kind of going to discover this as we go, but. I have an idea for this movie, you know, Mike, and we didn't discuss it ahead of time. So I really like to kind of throw what I think would be an interesting premise. How do we get this movie started? Uh, and then we can kind of go from there. But before yeah, we do, uh, do you know any more details about the, you know, the what if um, before you you answer? Uh, all I really know is that at some point prior to the the decision to make Jason in space with Jason <laughs> X, you know, there had been, um, uh, the, you know, in, in, was it the Cunningham camp uh, that were, that controlled the, the, the Friday the 13th or Jason Voorhees property, there had been a script or an idea going around of like, well, let's do a Jason in the winter time, you know, cause Jason in the snow could be something that we've never seen before. It's always been a summer movie. Why not right. make it a winter one? And, uh, the, and I think that there may have been that idea even prior to Jason goes to hell. So it, I feel like it's an idea that was, that was bandied around and at some point the, a script of some kind existed, but I never knew anything, any more details outside of Jason winter and go. So do you know any other details about what the, you know, the, the initial plans might've been for that movie that never got made? Um, well, okay. So basically what I know of this is before Jason goes to hell, the next concept was going to be Freddy versus Jason. Now, obviously they were trying to get that to, to happen since the late eighties. Um, that was the always on the on the docket, but you know the two different franchises were owned by two different companies, so it mm-hmm. wasn't until New Line acquired the Friday the Thirteenth uh, series when they made Jason Goes to Hell. The whole purpose behind making Jason Goes to Hell is like, okay, well we killed Freddy, we got to kill Jason now to get them both in the same area so they can fight. Like, so let's put them both in hell. And there was this whole concept they were going to bring Pinhead around, and it, it was crazy. It got way out there. Um, but they made Jason Goes to Hell. It did terrible uh so new line was like you know <laughs> you're kind of sitting back and, <laughs> and waiting like what do we do now so this concept of yeah like you know a different take on jason did get thrown around and it was like what if we do it uh in you know around the holidays what if we have it in the winter like the whole idea of like you're you're trapped by the elements but you also have this juggernaut coming after you that like nothing will stop like weather be damned he's coming for you um and I know that got floated around quite a bit, but then they started, you know, wheeling and dealing for for uh, Jason versus Freddy. But they had this stretch of time between Jason versus Freddy and, you know, uh, Jason goes to hell. They were like, what do we do in, in, in between? And somebody somewhere throughout Jason in space. And it was probably because right around that time we had just had uh, Bloodlines, Hellraiser 4, where it was Hellraiser in space. Mm-hmm. Then we oh, had yeah. Critters 4. Critters in space, although, you know, they're aliens, but they, <laughs> you know, it was a whole movie that took place in space. Um, and then we had uh, Leprechaun in space. 
So it was like we got this series of, hey, every franchise goes to space eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they were like, let's just have fun with it since we know what the serious movie is going to be like. We're really banking on Freddy versus Jason. But let's get let's squeeze a little money out of Jason while we still have him. And they threw together Jason and uh, Jason X. But they kind of just left that Jason in the snow on the back burner. Now, there was some concept art drawn. I want to say it's David Hartman is the artist. Um, but there's a really great drawing of Jason, like, standing in the snow at Crystal Lake. And, oh, it's freaking gorgeous. Um, because after Jason, you know, Jason versus Freddy came out and they were talking about part two and that never happened. And they brought Jason versus Freddy to comics and they did the sequel, uh, the sequel movie that was supposed to be in in comic books where, you know, they brought in Ash and all that. It was Ash versus mm-hmm. Jason versus Freddy. And yeah. we had, you know, <laughs> Freddy's daughter and Tommy Jarvis. Everybody was in there. Um, they were talking about doing more Friday the 13th comics. So they were originally going to do that concept, the Jason in the snow uh, as a comic book. So they had David Hartman do some drawings and I mean, they're gorgeous, but um, it again, once again, it got dropped. So fast forward to 2009, we got the remake. The remake does well, does well enough to warrant a sequel. So they're like, what can we do? Hey, here's this old idea that never got used. Let's Mm -hmm. do that. And again, too many hands in, in the cookie jar and uh, things kind of fell by the wayside. And then there was all the legal trouble. So it yep. just never came to be, but it's, it's too great of an idea not to be something. So we figured yeah. what the hell we're never going to get it from Hollywood. <laughs> Let's do it ourselves. Let's do it ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, and actually, and I wish I would have said it earlier in the episode too, that, you know, we're not always going to be focusing on horror on raised by rentals here. Like oh, we're no. not, we're not the boogeyman's closet, but this is a really nice, you know, sort of segue you know, into the really just a, a spotlight or, or I should say maybe a sneak peek into the things that you and I are, are really into. Uh, and not just because, you know, Friday the 13th is a horror franchise, but, you know, Jason Voorhees is like an icon of the VHS era that we're talking about. Whether it was a horror movie or not, you know, he, he stands, you know, in the, in the, the, you know, the, the pantheon of like, you know, with, with John McClane, you know, and, and, and all these characters and, and uh, Kevin McAllister, right. And the, the iconic right. pop, pop culture characters of the VHS era. So it's just a nice segue, you know, into the, into the topic. So uh, with that being said, Here's what I would do. This, or sorry, I'm going to tee up how I feel we get to Jason and we get to the conflict of the story. Like, the, here's the setup from my perspective. And I think that, you know, one of the things that the Friday the 13th series has done well at times and poorly uh, you know, later on, I think is is having some some semblance of continuity. I think it was real all the way back to the second movie. Not so much in the first movie, but second movie to the third movie to the fourth one, there is a continuity of storyline there uh, that connects those three movies. You, the timeline is kind of wonky, but they really tried to make an effort to like, you know, one movie picks up where the last movie ended, right? Part three picks up where part two picked up, part four picks up where part three picked or left off, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. And so you had continuity, and then you have a character like like Tommy Jarvis, who was obviously the first standout character. For you know anyone who's familiar with Tommy Jarvis, you know he was introduced uh, as a, a child. Uh, I forget how old he was supposed to be, like 10, 11, 12 years old. Uh, played by, by uh, right, 
he was Corey Feldman in, in uh, Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter, which, <laughs> side, side note, that was another trend that went on a lot at, during this time period of 80s and 90s was having a franchise and then trying to end it with, like, a final movie, like, you know, the final Friday, the final chapter, you know, yep. the final nightmare, and, like, it's never the final one. Like, it was just no. a, silly, a silly gimmick, but there's lots of those. It's, uh, it's totally the the gimmick to get asses in seats. It's it's the yeah. same way that like you know they'll they'll do a uh, they'll do the final and then they'll bring them back. You know it's it's a whole double gimmick. Um, you know you, you want to make it an event. I guess that's the best yeah. way to look at it. It's, it's it's an event for the the filmmakers to to get people to go after it because just about every franchise kills off their their main villain in the horror movies where they're like, oh mm-hmm. this is it, this is the last one. You're never gonna see him again. And then, you know, two years later, we see him again. Yeah, they're back. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and the, you know, this franchise got two of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's funny because there's there's 12 movies and the fourth one and the nine one are both the final one. But it's like, wait, we have 12. Like, that, that is, <laughs> I don't think people understand what the word final means uh, twice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh yeah so okay so we have tommy jarvis right and then he he returns uh in in part five and then again in part six and so without rehashing a lot of what we discussed already on uh the boogeyman's closet episode about friday the 13th part six jason lives which of course you can download at podbean.com yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but you know when when i when you know i uh guested on that show with you guys and you know, we talked a lot about tommy jarvis and his like mental state and i think that that's an important concept so what the franchise used to do well was tie the movies together and then they lost it. And I know part of it had to do with like with legal rights to certain aspects, you know, like was it uh what's it was it Sean Cunningham, you know, yeah. who had had rights to Jason, but not to the name Friday the thirteenth or to the or to some of the other characters that were had been a part of the franchise previously. And so my understanding from uh, you know, documentary uh, episodes and movies that I've seen is that part of the reason why Jason Goes to Hell was called that and not called Friday the 13th somewhere in the title is because he didn't actually have the rights to the title or the character of Tommy Jarvis. So he couldn't bring him back if he wanted to. Um, So they kind of lost that continuity. And then the later movies, it's like people, you know, fans will make stuff work. I personally think that the remake works as a sequel. I think it's a soft reboot. There's a couple of like little details that don't quite sync up, but the same is true in the first, you know, 11 movies. Like there's lots of little details that don't quite sync up. And there's a couple of big details that don't quite sync up and no one cares because it's like right. part six, part seven, part eight, whatever. So to me, you know, the, the Friday the 13th, 2009, much like, you know, Halloween 20, 15 or whenever the hell that movie came out is it's just another sequel you know it's uh, <laughs> with the right. same title it's just another sequel with the same title because that's it's which is stupid um <laughs> yes but uh happy of mine. so so i say we go back in time and we we reclaim the continuity and we use tommy jarvis we bring back our hero character so tommy jarvis's story was you know he's a child his family or at least his mom is is murdered uh by jason during a bloody rampage in the fourth movie you know uh Tommy Jarvis has to, or he feels like he has to stand up to Jason. He's the only one who can. And it wasn't really cemented in continuity um, or in lore that uh, Jason doesn't kill kids until the sixth movie, Jason Lives. But he he also, like, he was going after characters, but there's no scene in part four, to my recollection, where we see Jason just out and out try to kill Tommy, right, as a kid. Uh, menace him, sure. but does, Yeah, does he, he... she chokes him out at the window, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, again, that's one of those things where it's like, 
like, yeah, the continuity is, the continuity is a little bit weird, right? But the point is, you know, uh, Tommy has to fight Jason, and so he pretends to be Jason. Uh, he's tricking him in the same way that uh, Ginny, I think it was, in part two, that tricked Jason at the end yep. by pretending, pretending to be his mom. Um, yeah. I always forget the actress's name. Wasn't she in Summer School? She was great. I oh love Summer God. Dude, That's a great talk, movie. We got to talk about Summer School. Summer School... I watched it a thousand times growing up. And to me, that's one of those movies that's so indicative of like the era. And then I get to be an adult and it's like no one else that I know has ever even heard of this movie. And to me, it's like, it defines like the eighties comedy to me. The character of chainsaw to me is like the most eighties <laughs> character ever put on film. Yep. As far as I'm concerned. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we, we could talk. That's one of those ones. We will definitely have to do an episode <laughs> because it, it was, it was something that honestly deserved either a reboot or, a, uh, or a sequel. Um, but, but I was gonna say, uh, Ginny was Amy Steele, by the way. There you go. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like I still, to this day, whenever I like have a, like a electric, uh, knife in my hand at like Thanksgiving or at some, <laughs> when I'm carving a turkey or ham, we'll say, Leatherface! and that is not me quoting Seth Green or Idle, or Hands, Idle Hands or any other movie. I'm quoting, uh, summer school. I forget the, was it, uh, Chainsaw's partner, the other guy, um, yeah. oh, the character's name is escaping me now, but like, that's the movie that I'm quoting. Like, as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, Seth Green, who definitely is nerd King enough to know about summer school, he's probably oh, quoting summer school. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, say this is what we do on the Boogeyman's closet. We go off these tangents, but we're not here to talk about summer school. Although we should put, we should put that on the list. I was um, say, I put a pin on that one because yeah, we'll have to come back to it. That could be a sequel right there. Um, right. But anyway, so obviously, so he, this child is then forced to murder the murderer who just slaughtered his mom and like a whole bunch of people. Uh, and he saw a lot of it firsthand and he was clearly traumatized. We saw that at the end of the movie. And then he comes back in part five. We fast forward, you know, a, a few years. He's a teenager, you know, 16, 17 years old, however old he's supposed to be. But he's he's on. He's going to this like uh, farm that's like a halfway house kind of a place for for mental patients. Uh, he's clearly having a pro uh, issues with with rage and he's hallucinating. Might be a little bit schizophrenic at that point. You know, I'm not a mental health expert, so I don't know. But he's clearly dealing with deep seated traumatic issues right up to the point where at the end of the movie we see him like don a Jason mask and you think that he's going to become like the killer in the next movie, uh, which of course you know that's that's, a, that's another another trope we see in in a thousand horror movies oh, like yeah. like halloween four right mm -hmm. uh another side note like i know how the 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 thorn trilogy gets a lot of hate in the in the halloween uh franchise like rightly so but man i love part four part four yeah. is a jam it's a jamming movie i love that movie so much this is actually and i know we're getting off another topic but <laughs> this is something i would love to come back to on a future episode uh you know maybe around halloween season um to to remake the Thorn trilogy because there was a lot of freaking potential there and they just yeah. dropped the ball. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, I think ah. <laughs> that would be really cool. Like if we can re re envision that some way, either to move move it forward into like modern continuity or just you know yeah like sort of retell it in a in a whatever in a way. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go to that section of our video store later. <laughs> yes, yes, we'll have to we'll have to come back. Dude, this is going to happen a lot on this show. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, so, so Tom, Tommy Jarvis, he is lucid enough to know that Jason is a threat. He has to stop Jason. He has to protect the people that he loves. He understands what Jason is doing, but he still has all this really, really deep seated trauma and he can't shake it. And then we get, we see him in part six and he's more mature. He's an adult now, uh, at least 20 years old. Um, 
and he has a plan, right? We talked about this in the episode on your, your show. And mm-hmm. the plan is he, he's trying to self uh, heal by thinking, well, if Jason has been haunting me as like a specter and a memory for all these years, I need to, you know, I need to like, uh, uh, to, to, to destroy see Jason. Yeah. I need to destroy him to kind of destroy the memory. Right. And I started stuttering there for a second. Cause I was tr- going to make a fight club reference and I'm like, I don't want to like make a reference to another movie in a, <laughs> that came out like a decade after this one, but like, you know, at the end of the fight club with, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, you know, he, he, you know, the our main character, our narrator, uh, the unnamed narrator, you know, he, he performs a very like uh, extreme physical act in order to like trick his own brain. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's what Jason, or that's what Tommy was trying to do. He wants to destroy Jason's body. What no once and for all that Jason is in that grave and burned up and is never coming back. And all of these like hallucinations that he had of Jason standing in his room or behind the door or whatever are not real because it's not, not the real Jason. His body is definitely in the ground burned into ashes. And so that was his plan. Obviously, it didn't work out for him. And we got a whole great movie out of it (laughs) (laughs) because his plan backfired. Um, But that's that's so that's the setup for for, you know, Jason, Jason 13. Right. We'll call it right. Because this would this would be the 13th movie if we made another one. So now here's what I say. We go back. So now we do modern day. Right. So Friday the 13th uh, part six came out in 1986, if I believe, if I remember correctly. And so now uh, if he's 20 ish years old and now it's been 35 years or so since then right so now we have a mid 50s probably almost 60 character right is, 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 is my math okay i hope no listeners are yelling at me because i can't add <laughs> well I, I i do i do have to point out one one uh thing if, if we're going with the the first six movies yeah go for it go um on. the timeline i'm trying to mm-hmm. find it real quick i know i have oh here. you're right you're, no, the, you're right it takes place in the nineties. Um, right. yeah. So, so Tommy would technically be like our age, but if we got Tom Matthews, he would definitely be in his fifties or sixties. So, <laughs> well, you know what, but you pointed out yourself, like the timeline's jacked up. So who cares? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but basically you like, yeah. So you have to, plus they skipped time between four and five to make Tommy a teenager. So you're like adding on time. And I, I think we talked about it in the, a new blood episode of Boogeyman's closet where it was about 10 years, like behind yeah. like the, or a 10 years ahead of like the real lifetime. Um, right. so, wait, so the point is we have a Tommy Jarvis. who's like 50, 60 ish years old, you know, somewhere he's, he's middle-aged. That's the point. So we have a middle-aged Tommy Jarvis and, what I want to do is I want to do like a Cobra Kai. And if you haven't seen, you know, the Cobra Kai show, oh, first so of all, good. what do you, what are you doing? Like what right. the fucking Cobra Kai? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the next season. Oh my God. I know. Oh dude, I just thought of that too. I should, I'm going to make a note. We're going to have to do like a special episode where we talk about like, not the VHS era, but like the resurgence of the VHS era. Like, like let's talk about some of the, the stuff that they brought back, like Cobra yeah. Kai, you know, like the, 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 the return from the grave, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, properties. Um, cause man, we karate kid. Okay. Let me, let me, let me stop here again for another like little, little side tangent is, you know, obviously you have an entire movie about horror movies. I think anyone who knows you knows, you know, that you're obsessed with horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love horror movies, but it's not like a particular genre that I prefer above others. You know, uh, if you ask me my top five favorite movies, I think Friday the 13th Part 6 would be the only horror movie in the top five. I mean, I love, but like A Christmas Story, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Karate Kid, you know, like uh, those are my favorite movies because that's the stuff that I grew up with, you know, and I love I love a wide variety uh, of those types of genres. Um, anyway, so what happens in Cobra Kai again, spoiler alert, but really it's in the trailer. So it's easy to, to figure out is you get an, uh, the villain of the original Karate Kid, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Johnny uh, is now a middle aged, washed up. And his life sucks. And it's like it all goes back to this like one thing that happened when he was a teenager. He, he just can't get over it. And to me, the whole show is like the redemption of Johnny, like getting his shit together, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's a whole we could talk about like Daniel's whole deal because, man, that 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 was some good writing, like what they did with Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um so we have Tommy Jarvis. He's middle-aged, right? And what I want to do is I want to say, look, he never got over it. As much as he tried, he never got over it. And as much as he knows that Jason was trapped at the bottom of that lake at the end of part six, and then we never saw Tommy after that, and maybe he ran off into the sunset. And I say, no, he didn't. He never got over it. He's middle-aged. He's washed up. He can't keep a job. He spends all of his like, you know, evenings in bars getting drunk or getting high because he's still hallucinating. He sees Jason at the end of every dark alleyway and in every, you know, behind every, you know, uh, door that he's afraid to open. Every relationship he's ever had, including with uh, what's her name, uh, Megan from part six. Mm. You know, he's just ruined it because he either like out and out, you know, just lets his addictions ruin his life and his relationship or he like just literally tries to kill his his significant others probably in some like you know uh uh, uh waking nightmare you know kind of a, a night terror sort of a sort of a state you know mm-hmm. um and so he's trying you know so like he, he now we, we we fast forward all these decades he's alone he's miserable and now now you know, he, he just wants to end it all. And he, and now he has a new plan. And his plan is, he's like, I tried to kill Jason and that didn't work. And the only other person in the equation here is me. So the only way to end this is to kill me. Okay. If you can't kill, can't kill Jason, kill me. And so he decides he's going to go out to the family, the family house, the homestead where he grew up. He grew up living in a house on the shores of Crystal Lake, um, not where the camp or there's actually several camps <laughs> on right. that lake. But he, there was people who permanently lived there, and there was people who vacationed there, as we saw in part seven. But his family lived there, or at least they had some kind of a summer home at the very least. But it was a, you know, it was a residence. And he's going to go out to the place where he was both happiest and the place that ruined his life at the same time. And he's going to go there, and that's where he's going to kill himself in that house. And you know, but of course, why is he so sad and 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 miserable this time, you know, at this particular time in his life? Because it's Christmas. You know, it's the happiest time of the mm. year. It's winter. It's dark. His family's gone. Exactly. His family is gone. And maybe, maybe he was. He just recently. Maybe we opened the movie with one of that, right? He has this nice girlfriend who's like putting up with his bullshit. They're trying to put a life together. You know, they're decorating the tree. They go to bed. He has a nightmare about Jason, and he wakes up screaming, and he's killed his girlfriend in his sleep. And that's oh, what shit. Sets him, that's what sets him over like pushes them over the edge or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some huge traumatic event to be the lead in to the movie. Uh, Cause we're not going to fuck around here. And neither is Tommy. Like he's like, I'm over. It's, it's over. I need to end it once and for all. He goes to the family house. It's Christmas time. It's cold. It's dark. He gets to the house. It's old. It's abandoned. You know? Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Back it up. Mm-hmm. Not abandoned because no, he, he thinks it's old and abandoned. It's been sitting there forever because, you know, he, he doesn't even remember what happened to that house. He probably inherited it, but then he was living in foster care for years and who knows what happened to his, you know, to his, his, uh, his inheritance or whatever. So he gets there expecting to find an abandoned home to hang himself in. And instead he finds a home where there is a family, a happy family living, 
you know, like they've just moved in. It's Christmas time or they've, or they've come here for like a Christmas holiday, like at the lake, you know, mm-hmm. and they're, de- they're decorating the house and it's all happiness. And once again, he's like, oh, no, I have to warn them. And now there's some crazy, unshaven, drunken, smelly guy <laughs> at the door who says, you're doomed. You're all going to die. <laughs> yes. He's Ralph. He's become Ralph. Exactly. So I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to toss you the baton because that's as far as I got. And I think that is a kick ass like first, you know, 20 minutes of a movie. Um, but how yeah. do we get Jason back? Let's see that. That is actually a really cool idea. Um, I, I'm really we're, we're going to go with that. But I just want to want to throw something out. As soon as you mentioned uh, Tommy Jarvis, where my mind went is, OK, he knows he can't kill Jason. He knows Jason is at the bottom of the lake. So instead of trying to kill him, he's basically become his jailer. So what if he took his inheritance and bought Crystal Lake? And basically he runs it. He runs Crystal Lake and rents it out and all that. But the whole thing, the whole operation is a front so that he can be prepared for when Jason inevitably rises from the lake once again. There you go. Okay. But it, it happens around Christmas time. And now he's trying to, like, get everybody out. But there's a huge storm. He can't get out. He had, can't get everyone out. So now he has to fight Jason and try to keep these people safe. That oh, was where okay. my mind went. <laughs> no, okay. So, no, you just opened up a whole bunch of doors in my brain, right? So right. We, can put, we can put both of these ideas together, right? So, yeah, you're right. Okay. He, 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 he inherited the house. He inherited some money, uh, you know, like a victim's fund or whatever. Yeah, he buys up the, the land cheap, right? Because nobody wants to, like, live or camp on, like, you know, the, the site of multiple, <laughs> yeah, multiple murder sprees, you know. They sell it to him cheap. And, and then and the people of the town, the people of, you know, Forest Green and Crystal Lake, whatever, they know who he is. And they sell it to him because they know that he kind of deserves it, you know, like, uh, not as like a punishment, but as like an atonement of some kind, you know. Uh, right. It's his. And yeah, you're right. That's what he does is he's he's running it like a caretaker. But he's yeah, it's he's secretly protecting them from what he from Jason, if he ever comes back. But at the same time, kind of wants Jason to come back. Like I said, it's kind of like bait. Right. Like, yeah. he want, like, where is Jason? Where has he been all this time? Like, what is he at the bottom of the lake still? I mean, obviously not, because we had a seventh and eighth movies, you know, and where right. we saw him come out of the lake. So, like, but if, where if we're doing. If we're doing the the Tommy Jarvis sequel, are we do are we going full uh, Halloween and just saying forget you know eight nine you know eight nine ten um, and just doing like from part seven where he's back in the lake again? I say again, I don't think there's a there's any re- reason why the 2009 remake can't just be a sequel. Um, I think that Jason X is the only one that's sort of a, a divergent timeline. That's the only one to me that doesn't, I mean, it, it makes sense by itself, but it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense in the great, in the grander scheme of things. Uh, yeah. So I say we just pick it up, right? We pick it up from where we say the remake, you know, was in continuity or, and, okay. and, even, and again, even if it wasn't, then we, then we, we could just introduce Tommy into the new remake continuity and just, you know, we tell his backstory through this introductory, you know, uh, uh, intro that I've been, uh, introductory backstory that I've been explaining, you know, yeah. he can, he, he can be a fresh character or so that the old fans would know who he is and the new fans would be like, oh yeah, this, this, this sucks. You know, this guy that, you know, was tortured his whole life by memories of this killer. Mm-hmm. 
So I say, you know, yeah, and we, but we can we can do the same kind of thing where he he's kind of he kind of has this this uh, this estate right or this uh, this resort or whatever it is that he that he's the caretaker of that's secretly Jason Bate and also he's secretly trying to protect everybody, uh, everyone you know people who in the in the in the local town like they know who he is they know he's some kind of you know weirdo so. He, I still kind of like the idea of like maybe he wants to kill himself at the beginning of the movie so that we we can just kind of get into his head. Like I hate to be so callous as to like, uh, you know, manipulate that sort of an extreme uh, mental you know illness for entertainment right. purposes. But I mean, we're also talking about like mass murderers for entertainment purposes. So <laughs> right. allow my callousness here. You know, we, we're going to get we're going to get into his head really fast by showing that he's suicidal. Um, but here's what we do. So, yeah. He, you know, he, he's drunk one night, wants to go off and kill himself, starts stumbling toward the lake, and then he forgets, oh, shit, like, there's this family coming in, this family that's come in to rent this uh, this big house, this house where, uh, you know, on the lake that was one of the, one of the, the, the like, vacation properties. So right. here, here they come driving up the street, and he's, like, trying to sober himself up. Uh, they get out, and I have to, like, man, I need to, like, look up the family name, but my point is... What we find out is we find out that it's Tina's family, Tina from New Blood, from part seven. It's oh. her family. She's like the mom of this family, uh, and she knows why she's there because she has her own secret agenda. It's not just a, a vacation. She's convinced her husband that this is just some kind of a vacation And because this is just dawning on me now. But I think it's interesting. Um, I don't have a motivation. Like, we'll figure it out. Maybe you've got an idea. But I say we introduce Tina. And for the longtime fans, you know, when when Tommy walks up to the to the car to help them with their luggage and says, hey, I'm Tommy Jarvis. And she says, oh, hi, I'm Tina. Fill in the last mm-hmm. name that I can't remember. And then the fans will lose their fucking shit. Because, you know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> right. Oh, because. Man. And that, but now, and now Tina has her, she has her own children, right? And again, she's coming, maybe this is her own, because she's been in therapy her whole fucking life, you know? And so maybe this is her way of going back to the scene of the crime and like facing it and turning it into a happy family Christmas memory rather than like a horrible, horrible, this is where my mom died, you know, memory. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to self heal in a, uh, misguided way in the same way that Tommy has tried multiple times. And now you've got middle aged, washed up, you know, drunken uh suicidal tommy you know tina who's there basically risking her entire family because she has to like face this thing once and for all to be happy or not right Right. they're both at this crossroads in their life they're desperate and jason comes back when they're both there and the reason i was thinking about tina is because what if it's just like Tina as a child lashed out against her dad and brought Jason back with her like supernatural abilities? You know, what if it's Tina's daughter or son, you know, who has inherited her power, who, you know, lashes out in some way? You know, and maybe he just lashes out against, you know, this drunken, scary Tommy guy who's like, you know, pissing in the lake or whatever because <laughs> because he's on a bender. You know what I mean? Whatever right. it is, the son lashes out, the daughter lashes out, and here comes Jason out of the lake or wherever he's been since the 2009 remake out of his underground cave or wh- whatever it is. And now we have both of these protagonists who are like, oh, here he comes. It's it's my legacy to destroy Jason. Wait, no, it's my legacy to destroy Jason. <laughs> Let's have a team up. (laughs) No, I I definitely like the idea of bringing back Tina because, as I said on the on the New Blood episode of of our Boogeyman's Closet episode, um, I've always loved Tina. Like, I know it's not a fan favorite. Like, I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, superpowers, man." 
But at that point, I'm like, he's a fucking zombie. Like, yeah, superpowers. Let's superpower it up. I don't care. Like, so I love I love Tina. Um, I love the idea of her coming back into this. What if we, we OK, so we, we got to explain away her powers, right? So she has all these powers in, in New Blood, but she wasn't clear. She clearly wasn't in control and her doctor was provoking her. So she gets away. She escapes, you know, Friday the 13th, part seven. She goes off and lives a happy life. Clearly, she gets married, has kids, all that. But what if as she's grown up, as she's gotten older, her powers have lessened and lessened because she hasn't had any traumatic experiences to awaken them? So she's kind of. She's kind of going through life as a normal person without her crazy carry powers. Um, and her kids have, you know, like maybe they're, they're keeping it hidden. Maybe, you know, like either son or daughter, whoever has these same powers, but they're keeping it hidden. They think they're a freak. They're like, no, I, I don't I don't want anyone to know. And they don't know the crap their mom went through. So they're thinking they're alone in this. Right. So now they go to this family gathering, family party, whatever, uh, you know, you have to have the, the aunts and uncles and cousins show up later. Um, so just so we have some fodder. But um, so they they get there. You know, we, we introduced Tom, uh, Tommy and Tina, you know, together um, was Tina Shepard, by the way. It took me a second to remember her last name. Um, so we introduced them. Right. And we have the kids and whichever one like hell, maybe both of them have powers. Who knows? Uh, Wonder Twin powers activate and all that. Um, so. We can either have one of two things happen. We can have uh, maybe being there is enough of a traumatic experience for Tina to start having like some nightmares or something um, or start having those visions again. Now, let's say, yeah, here we go. Let's say she starts having visions of Jason or visions of her mom dying. What if she's projecting that vision? And because her kids also have the same powers, they start seeing what she's seeing and accidentally use their powers to awaken Jason because they freak out and they're not in control of their powers. So we have kind of a, you know, the, the past repeating itself type of scenario to raise Jason. Yeah. yeah. So now you got Tommy on the other side of the lake, taking a piss. Like you said, he's in there, bottle of whiskey, pissing in the lake. And he sees something splashing around. Like, what the hell is that? You know, starts watching. And if he thinks he's having a hallucination, like, no, that's, that's no, that can't be real. And we see this, zombified you know wet nasty decaying jason slither up onto shore into the snow like maybe break out of the maybe parts of the lake are frozen right breaks up out of the ice and pulls himself on, on shore tommy freaks out passes out when he wakes up he's gone but there's clearly tracks in the snow so now he's got to figure out what the hell is going on and he has to try to you know keep these people safe Maybe he's trying to convince them the, the, you know, the campgrounds aren't safe. You need to go. But there's a big storm rolling in, you know, and or mm-hmm. maybe at this point, that's when the extended family shows up and they're like, oh, no, we just got here. We can't go in there. You know, they think the guy's crazy. And then that night, a big storm like there's a storm warning batting down the hatches. You know, there's a blizzard coming. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think think it would be interesting if there were like other families that were there, too. Like if Tommy's like taking care of this like sort of resort that he's created, there should be at least a few families that decided to come there 
for Christmas, you know, to these big, pretty houses, right? Like not the whole lake full of people. It's not like, it's not like, you know, uh, we have a, a bunch of vacationers, but enough so we have some cannon fodder, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. So the, I would, I would, I agree. I love this idea. So, you know, so Tommy greets the family when they come. He doesn't know who Tina Shepard is or, maybe, or you know, uh, and maybe she says something like maybe there's no husband. Maybe it's just her and the kids. And she says, oh, I'm Tina, you know, whatever her name is. And she's like, no, no, I'm sorry. It, it's Tina Shepard. Like she's not used to her, like, you know, like freshly divorced, you know, name change, you know, yeah. I mean? that that kind of a thing. And then that's when the fans are like, ah, Tina Shepard, of course. Um, and uh, but then, you know, and then. They, we don't really focus on them too much. We see Tommy. He sees Jason. He sees something he thinks is Jason. He thinks he's hallucinating or he's drunk. You're right. Same thing. He wakes up. He sees physical proof. And now he's like, oh, fuck. Now he becomes the Ralph. And he's going to these houses, to these other people. And he's like, you got to leave. You got to leave. It's Jason. And, of course, everyone who's there is like, oh, it's the fucking town weirdo again. You know, and like he, it's. And he stinks of Jack. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, get out of here. You'll go sleep it off somewhere. You know what I mean? And, of course, he does it like at night. Like he falls asleep in the morning morning because he's a drunk he's been up all night and then he he wakes up and it's nightfall and he's like oh shit jason's coming and he's banging on these doors and these people are like you know singing christmas carols or decorating the tree or whatever and he's like you're all gonna die and they're just (laughs) like whatever go sleep it off somewhere drunkie you know and then but then then he gets to tina's house and he's banging on the door and tina doesn't answer the door the kid who has the power you know whoever that is the the or whatever you know i keep thinking of like i keep thinking of like a preteen boy just to kind of mix up the gender you know but yeah. anyway um you know he answers the door and he's like you gotta tell your mom blah blah you gotta leave blah 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 blah, blah. and he's just like oh like and he and he's scared you know what i mean and maybe this is when this is when we as viewers learned because this he's scaring the shit out of this teen tina's not there she's in the other room doing something and this guy is just like ah it freaks out what if tommy gets pushed off the porch by like an invisible hand right ah okay yeah and then the reader the viewers are like what the fuck just happened like like and then tommy was like what the hell like this kid pushed me but he never touched me something like like that but you know then tommy then tina comes to the door and she's like what's going on get out of here tommy he's freaked out so he doesn't say anything to tina like jason's coming if he had she would have known she would have believed him but he doesn't say anything because he just got pushed by some like telekinetic you know that he doesn't understand he's just like what's going on you know and so he just like runs off right and that's when he's like fucking up no one's listening to me and he's like i gotta prepare right so then he kind of disappears for a little bit of the movie we had his big nice long intro not disappears but he's in he's on the back burner now we're going to focus on tina tina's going to have you know she's going to console her like teenage son they're going to talk about why they're there and maybe it's that like maybe it's because she starts she you mentioned you mentioned history repeating itself maybe it's because you know she's been just as like fucked up as tommy all these years but in a different different kind of way like her you know she tried so hard to have like the nice family the way that she, her mom and her dad did you know and then and the vacation house and you know the you know whatever the dog in the suburbs but now she's become the abusive parent in the in the in the house just like her dad was right okay because she's messed up and she's pushing her husband away maybe sometimes like literally like she maybe she's lost all control of her ability except when she's just so mad so upset that like maybe you know her husband leaves her because he's like you're nuts i'm scared to be around you like i'm gonna get the kids you know like just you wait you know whatever right and maybe, maybe so maybe that's part of why she leaves town she tells the kids oh we're gonna go on a little vacation for christmas but really she's like oh shit like i gotta get out of town because i almost just killed my husband and he's gonna like tell somebody so like you know now it's and but maybe there's also some there's some element of like you know, 
does she suspect maybe one of her kids has this power? Again, history repeats itself. She's become the abuser, but also, you know, it was her doctor. Oh, I can't remember his name either. The psychologist or psychiatrist that was her doctor in part seven, you know, who took her to the house, to the lake at Crystal Lake on purpose to trigger this traumatic effect on her. So maybe, you know, she's sort of subconsciously thinking like, why, why go there? She could have gone to a hotel. Like, why did she go to the place where, you know, her, her mother and her friends were murdered, right? right? Why there? Like, is there some, something in her, is like either I'm going to get my powers back or like one of my kids is going to have this experience, but she's not, it's not irrational because you know, she's mentally ill. Right. And, and so she's going through the cycle of repeating the abuse that she had in her, in her life. And she's like rationalizing it that, you know, that, that there's some good reason why she's doing it. Like, Oh, we're just going to have a family Christmas and I'm going to like face my fears, you know, but that's not really what it's about. Just like Tommy is secretly hoping Jason will come back. I think that she's secretly hoping that like one of her kids has this power that she lost all those decades ago because she couldn't handle it right okay well uh two things uh, i was dr cruz i only remember that because there you go <laughs> cruz <laughs> um so yeah dr cruz uh but what if okay so playing again with this whole tina losing her powers thing what if she's been medicated all this time you know she's having these mm-hmm having bad dreams or whatever she's having emotional outbursts like maybe they they think she you know she's uh um little uh, just I, I'm, I'm trying to i don't want to i don't want to say like schizophrenic but like you know she, well, no, she, she would she would be schizophrenic if she was saying that she was seeing things and she was having yeah, visions you know that I mean, is if she's, true. she's telling people that like i saw like my mother get killed in the middle of the road and they're like well by some like six foot tall zombie, they're like, yeah, well, your mother was killed in like a house fire or whatever. Cause right. you know what I mean? Like, or whatever it was like there, no one's going to believe her, but yeah, I mean, and she probably continued to have visions probably even more so after that event that, yeah, you're so, yeah, she, she's having hallucinations. Then they're thinking that she's seeing things or hearing voices. Like, I mean, again, I'm not a psychologist or, you know, or, or doctor, but that sounds like yeah. schizophrenia to me. Okay. So yeah, let's, let's say, so she's, she's been medicated all this time for this, right? So she's had this normal life. You know, her powers are completely gone at this point. Um, maybe she stops taking her medication. Maybe that allows her powers to her powers and visions to start coming back. But the visions are stronger. Her powers, obviously, she still doesn't have control because she never fully had control. And that's when the abuse to her husband starts happening. Maybe she starts, you know, freaking out like she's she's not mean like she's not she's not like her dad was where he was a drunk. You know, yeah. but mm-hmm. she's a, a slightly emotionally unstable because of all the trauma that's happened to her throughout her life. So she lashes out without meaning to and has become mm-hmm. the abuser in that way. Yeah. So, yeah. So we get her out to Crystal Lake. Like you said, you know, she, she's trying her best to have a good family holiday, knowing her her life is falling apart. She's getting a divorce. She might be losing her kids. Her visions have returned. She's just like, I want some level of normalcy. Wait, you know, so. I'm sorry. Don't lose your train of thought. I'm going to introduce something right here before we get to the lake, which is what if we see in this flashback or the story that she's telling that she, yeah, she's lashing out against her husband, like you said, but just like how, when she was a kid, she lashed out against her own dad. What if it's her kid who has the power who lashed out against her, not in a really strong way, but just enough where she kind of has a glimmer of, Oh my God, like he's got it too. Right. Yeah. And that, and that kind of sets her down the thought process of like, we got to get out of here. We got to escape. I got to get away from my husband. I got to take him away from my husband. Where can we go? I don't know. She ends up at crystal Lake. She's not thinking clearly, but again, she also has this subconscious thought of, 
like it's happening to him too, just like it happened to me. And she's not thinking clearly. And they just they leave the house. You know, they get to the ho- she's pretending to her kids that we're just here for like a vacation. Daddy's coming later. And then we find out, oh shit, like she left in such a hurry that she left her meds behind. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so go, go. So yeah, so so her powers are gonna uh, strengthen throughout the film, clearly, because they're they're yeah. gonna be coming back, especially now that she's not medicated. Like they'll they'll come back in full force. Maybe she she learns to control them again. Maybe she doesn't. We'll get there eventually. But so yeah, we have Tommy running around telling everybody, you know, you're all doomed. Get the fuck out of town. You know <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> but everyone's like, yeah, okay, drunky McDrunkerson, get the hell out of here. Um, but. We find like maybe Tommy's like he's trying to call the cops. He's trying to call anybody. No one believes him. And he's listening to the radio and we hear a storm warning. So the big storm coming in. He's like, oh, God, like, what are we going to do? You know, got to batten down the hatches type of thing. So meanwhile, Jason is wandering through the snowy woods. So we got zombified, like partially frozen because he was all wet and nasty in the lake, mm-hmm. like partially frozen Jason. We got to have some kills. We're, we're already like 15 minutes into the movie. We, we got to yeah. get some kills in here. So we have, we see, you know, little Timmy and his dad, we'll just say on the other side of the lake, you know, going out to get the Christmas tree, right? So while they're going and chopping down a tree in the woods, Jason comes up on him, maybe, maybe bashes dad's face into the tree, knocking the tree over and then gets <laughs> the ax, you know, oh, yeah. so little Timmy freaks out, you know, and Jason just stomps off into the woods you know, so we just traumatic, traumatized the child <laughs> nice. by seeing, you know, his dad get the uh, the face press into the tree. But, you know, we want to show Jason's strength. So mm-hmm. when he smashes his face into the tree like he does in part six to that one dude, it doesn't leave a happy face in this one. It just <laughs> finishes pushing over the tree. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and let's say, too, we also have several families, families with children. And we've seen in part six that Jason, for whatever reason, isn't killing kids. At least he wasn't at that time. And right. we, I don't want I don't want to let's have a we're going to have like a bloody murder fest. But I don't want it. We want to make sure that we show from this very first kill that like the kids are going to be okay. Yeah, other than exactly. other than the trauma, so they're going to grow up to be Tommy Jarvis's later on. But like, right. <laughs> they're, well, they're they're at least going to live. <laughs> we do want to keep this to be a you know a fine holiday film. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so it's got to be slightly family friendly. Like the kids can't die. The only kid that's going to be in danger is Tina's son because he's mm-hmm. he's borderlining teenage years. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, I'm thinking him as like he's, he's he's the 13 year old and he's just getting to that point where he's like puberty mixed with like I'm kind of a teenager and like getting surly and pissed off for no reason. And like his personality is changing and he and his mom aren't getting along anymore because his mom is always like nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so he he's he, he's he's entering his goth phase, you know. <laughs> yes. He's he's just entering the danger zone. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So we, so now Jason has he has a weapon he has an axe like I know we eventually got to get a machete but you know he's got he's got an axe to start with and any any longtime fans of Friday the Thirteenth knows that Jason will just use whatever implement is handy <laughs> like yeah. yes his machete is a signature weapon but he's used axes countless times harpoon guns freaking you know a tree limb cutter <laughs> like yeah well, the audience wants to see that the audience wants to see that but yeah it's i think it's he doesn't usually hold on to a weapon except for the machete like with some exceptions yeah. obviously but usually he uses it and it's a it's a one-time use tool you know it's a unitasker exactly. uh, he might 
he'll walk off with the axe because he can use the tree to kill the guy with, with the face. And then yeah. the axe is for the next person. But he, the next person who gets the axe in the skull, he's not taking it out of the skull. He's going to go off and get the next the next best thing until he gets that machete. He's, it's like a video game. He's got to level up to like the boss weapon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like how in games like Dead Rising and, and Dead Island, you know, your your weapon is only good for so many swings. Like, and then okay. it breaks. So it's like you always have, wild. To, <laughs> you have to go find that next weapon. Yeah. Um, fucking fucking breath of the wild. It's the same thing. Same thing. Everything breaks. Right. Oh, a little, little side tangent. I, I, I know this is a, you know, this is not in the era, but freaking fallout three, that one drove me crazy because you had to repair all your guns. And mm, it was okay. like, in order to repair your guns, you had to have guns of the same type. So, like, if you found a gun, you're like, oh, I really like this gun. Well, you better have a whole stockpile of, like, broken ones to use to repair. Because <laughs> after, like, a couple of fights, it's like, oh, your gun's broke. You need to fix it. it dro- oh, my God. It drove me crazy. But- oh, man. No, I'm actually kind of glad you mentioned that because, like, let's go down a little uh, a little, little tangent here, a little spur off the main highway. Is mm. that, like, you know, it's, it's funny because um, – or it's not funny, but I think it's interesting to kind of talk about stuff like that because I've never played the Fallout game, you know. And I, 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 when you're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet, it's like, you know, I don't listen, to, I don't watch all the movies, or I haven't seen all the movies. Sometimes I yeah. watch them before the episode. Sometimes I've already seen them. Sometimes, like I mentioned this to you the other day, that like maybe it's a movie that like I'm not really sure that's going to be for me because I'm not like the biggest, you know, horror is not like, you know, that's not my nerd area, you know, for me, you know, for people who know me know that comics, that's my like nerd niche. Like I get super, super, you know, into the weeds and into like crazy, you know, geeky details when it comes to stuff like comics. And so we'll get there, but like sometimes I just, I just listen to the show and like you guys tell me the movie, you know, (laughs) and and it's interesting. And I learn about stuff and it's like, well, now I want to watch that movie. And sometimes I regret it like shit. Now, I spoiled it for myself and sometimes I'm like cool like now I can go watch that movie you know and and know that I might like it because I just I, I don't watch a ton of movies period I don't watch a ton of TV you know at least not anymore and so I think it's interesting that like hopefully during these conversations like we'll learn from each other and maybe our if we have any listeners they'll learn from you know what we're talking about and that like you don't have to have seen all the movies or seen all the TV shows or played all the games. And like, oh, absolutely. I, I, I hate the pressure of like having to know about everything ahead of time. And like, you know, we warn about spoilers at the beginning, but at the same time, it's like, I want people to come and like hear cool stuff. And like, maybe they'll want to go and watch one of these movies or get interested in a property because, you know, they see how we get excited about it. You know, right. one of, one of my favorite or probably my favorite thing to do for entertainment, whatever it is, whether it's comics, I love audiobooks, you know, I love history, um, is I just like to listen to or read about uh, people who are just passionate and super stoked and super into the, the fine details of whatever it is that they're into. You know, especially yeah. like listening to podcasts and audiobooks about like niche topics or just very specific things. Like I have and I'm not exaggerating when I say that I have listened to five full length books about mountain climbing from like <laughs> mountain climbing professionals. And I have never once climbed a mountain, nor do I ever plan on ever doing that because it's nuts. Yeah. But I love those types of stories because I love listening to people talk about the shit that they're fucking nerdy about. You know, like I, I like that movie adaptation 
Revolution. That uh, um, is it Spike Lee who directed that? Charlie Kaufman with Nicolas Cage. Oh, um, I think so. Yeah, I think that was Spike Lee. The point of that movie is that like it's a movie about a guy who was hired to adapt a book and then he couldn't figure out any a good way to adapt it into like a drama that anyone would care about and so instead he just wrote a wildly fictionalized over-the-top version of himself writing a script to adapt a movie you know or to adapt a book into a movie and that's what's so genius about that script it's i think today to this day it's probably my favorite like movie script and that mm. it's just so bizarre but like this book that he was trying to adapt is the same thing. It's you know, it's a by it's the Orchid Thief by Susan Orlean, uh, which I read, <laughs> even though even though it, it's just about this guy who's like super super crazy obsessed with flowers, especially orchids in particular, and like their value and their you know their uh, um, where they their where they grow and like finding super rare ones or like like I've read multiple books about bird watching. I'm not exaggerating when I say <laughs> fucking not just one, but like more than one about bird watching like i don't mm-hmm. fucking care but i again, i just love people who get passionate about stuff and so i hope that that's what this show is it's you and i just getting passionate about something and you know hopefully people will want to listen to it so that's just my little commentary back to the plot <laughs> oh no I, I i i totally totally agree because I, like while i haven't done exactly that like you know read or listened to to audiobooks that on a topic that that I don't really have much of an interest in, but it's but I know what you're talking about as far as like getting into something that somebody else is like super passionate about. I watch a lot of like random crap on YouTube where it'll be like particularly okay, let, let's go bring it back to video games for a second. I watch a lot of let's plays for games okay. that I have mm-hmm. zero interest in. Like games that it's like I will never pick up and play this game, but people are excited about it. Why are they excited about it? Let me find out. And I'll sit and I'll watch a Let's Play. And, I, and a lot of times I'll walk away being like, that's really cool. I'm never going to play it, but that's really cool. <laughs> um, and I do that a, a lot, specifically with survival horror, which I do have a huge interest in horror, obviously. But I hate games where you can't fight back. Any yeah. survival horror game where it's like your option is run away and hide. I can't do it. I hate it. It drives me nuts because eventually I'm no longer scared. I'm just pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, right. this is not fun to me anymore. But I love watching people who love those games. I love watching them play it. So because it's it's exciting through their eyes, you know, like through my eyes, I would get annoyed through their eyes. They're they're scared. They're jumping. They're having a good time. And it's like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is really fun. So I can definitely relate. And, yeah, I I agree. I hope that people find that with this show, especially because none of it is scripted. So we'll we'll just reiterate that again, guys. We're coming (laughs) up with this off the top of our heads. The only concept that we talked about ahead of time with Friday the 13th is Jason in the snow. That's cool. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, that was – you're right. I mean we actually, you know, to pull the curtain back, we were originally thinking about doing something that was a little bit more of a standard uh, Christmas or holiday movie as a like an easy – a way to ease people into the new show. Like let's let's do Home Alone or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or one of the the popular holiday movies from the VHS era. But uh, honestly, like there were so many damn good (laughs) Christmas movies from that time period that like we couldn't decide how do we pick on Home Alone. I mean yeah, it had some shitty sequels, but like everyone knows that, you know? Yeah. and that's how we ended up here, because it was like you literally were like, well, what about that? You know, Jason in the Snow, and I was just like, hell yeah, like that's it. Like we don't even need to discuss it. Yeah, I mean, we literally we just we came in here. It was like I I genuinely asked you, like I wasn't affecting it for the audience. I asked you, wait, what do you know about this script? Because yeah. <laughs> like this is just a fresh conversation. 
Exactly. And that's that's something this is going to be, you know, for the entire run of the show is, yeah, we might talk like a little bit between shows about like, hey, what should our next topic be? But we're not going to go into detail of like, oh, what if we did this? And what if we did that? No, it's it's all going to be off the cuff. It's all going to be live to hard drive, as we were saying, like it's it needs to be uh, in the moment. And and I feel like yeah. that's going to be part of the hook of this show. At least we hope it is, because I know personally I love listening to a story unfold as it's being created. I've had these types of conversations with many friends about their own mm. properties. Because uh, I have a lot of friends who are writers. You know, me and yeah. Josh both wrote a lot of scripts over the years. <laughs> um, good God, we have we'll we'll get there one day so when many. we talk comics. We we'll, had we'll an entire universe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, we had a whole universe of comic <laughs> characters. And a lot of it was created this way, where we would stand on my porch or his porch or my kitchen, and we would just sit there and smoke cigarettes, drink way too much coffee, and just talk out ideas. And the fact that we remembered so mm-hmm. much of it from month to month still flabbergasts me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what the show is going to be, is we're going to pick a movie and be like, hey, what if this happened? So... Will we get through the entire movie beat for beat every episode? Probably not. But we will give you some kind of an overview of what we're thinking. So now that we've gone down this long meandering path, <laughs> let's, let's bring it back to the movie at hand. Uh, so yeah. Jason has killed his first victim and gotten an axe. So he's wandering off into the woods. So, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the, 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 the kid now is freaking out because, like, his dad just died. You know, runs back home tells his mom or his sister, whoever else, whatever family is there, and the cops show up. So now who are the cops going to think is behind this? Oh, so yeah, it's like obviously. They're, they're going to go straight to Tommy. They're going to be, so now they're walking around looking for Tommy. Maybe Tommy sees the cops, sees what's going on. He's out in the woods. He's like, fuck, can't go home. So now he's wandering around in the woods, you know, with a couple of random, you know, items. Let's say he's got like, you know, a hatchet on his, on his belt or something. Uh, he's got s- some kind of means to defend himself, maybe a, a small mm. knife. Um, but he's wandering around through the woods trying to find Jason and see, like, you know, what ca- how can he take him down? So now we got the cops and Jason looking for Tommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is good, too. And I think it's I like I like the idea of him having like a big knife or a machete or something like that. Oh, my God. Like, I'm going to age myself. Ready for it? Here it comes. Big knife. <laughs> <laughs> Limousine. <laughs> Emails. <laughs> oh my God, strong arrow! I miss him. <laughs> Children, let's get ready to look so good. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well. Oh. Okay. Okay. Ooh, ooh. Okay. We'll get to that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah. No. So. So. Yeah. Don't you got Tommy, who's like sneaking through the woods on purpose, trying to figure out wh- where Jason went, but he's in the woods because he's avoiding the police. And then you have. There's got to be some kind of a conflict in Tina's house where the son, um, you know, he's going to run off. Right. Let's just give him a name. So we have Tommy. We have Tina, the T names. Let's just let's call this kid like uh, uh, Tyler. Right. Just for right. The, so we don't have to keep calling him the son. Right. Yeah. So so Tyler runs out of the house like in a fit, like they had a fight. You know, Tina runs after him, like just like just like at the beginning of part seven in the flashback when Tina runs in, you know, runs out of the house and like goes in the boat and uh, goes on the lake and her dad comes after her and is like, no, Tina, I'm sorry. You know, anyway. (laughs) um, Right. So Tyler runs out of the house and he's just running away like, you know, leave me alone. I hate you. You know, and 
But all she's thinking about is, fuck, like he just ran into the woods at fucking Crystal Lake. Like, why did I bring him here? Jesus, what is wrong with me? You know, <laughs> so she can't just give up and like, oh, he'll come back home when he's tired and hungry and cold. Like, you know, because it's snowing. She's like, I got to rescue him at the very least from the snowstorm that's coming in. And, uh, you know, that's this is when the storm is going to hit. Like we see some kind of a cutaway to like other people are trying to leave and they can't get out because the roads are closed. Maybe the cops say something about, hey, hey, we need some backup out here. We can't find this guy. Now there's some kid, some teenage kid who's missing, you know, some hysterical woman out here is saying she needs help. And they're like, oh, you look negative because like all the roads are snowed in and iced over. and We got people going off the road and like we don't have anyone to spare to send you some help. You know, that kind of a yeah. thing. We're going to get the, the exposition of why we can't have more cops. Uh, right. send more cops you know <laughs> um so now so now all we have is a couple of co- cops and you know they're fucking dead <laughs> we got oh, yeah. we, we, we got a couple of cops tommy's in the woods tyler's run off somewhere tina's trying to find him you know she left her like daughter back at the house right which that's got to be the hook for later there's going to be we're going to we can't forget that like the audience is going to forget that that daughter is there but like you and I can't, you and I can't forget because we have, we've just planted like a hidden bullet. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a, that's a secret weapon for later. Right. Um, it, it always reminds me, is that, was it Howling 6? It always reminds me of one of those Howling movies where it's like the character that's like the, that you expect the least turns out to be like the one you had to be afraid of. Anyway, mm. uh, not a Howling expert, but I was, that always stuck in my head. Anyway, so I want to recreate the showdown of Jason standing in like the giant puddle under the light with like Tina from part seven. It's like the, it's, it's the start of the big climax when she sees him and she's like, I'm going to fucking get this guy. But we, or we have a reference to it when Tina now sees Tommy stumble out of the woods with a big machete on his belt, but it's dark and it's snowing. Right. Yeah. Maybe she can't see his face. Maybe he's got like a hood pulled up or a hat on. He's something that's like partially concealing his face. Because, of course, you know, it's a fucking snowstorm. And he stumbles out of the woods and, you know, she sees him. He sees her and he's thinking, oh, thank God, like or like get out of here or whatever. Before he says anything, she just fucking knocks him like uh, like she freaks out. Like this is the first time we've seen her use her power other than like lashing out like uh in un- in an unintended rage now she's like directed fuck you like boom and like knocks him down down the street or down the path or whatever it is or maybe knocks him into like the water and now it's like holy shit it's like below freezing sub-zero water and he's screaming and then she immediately realizes that she's made the mistake because like jason wouldn't start screaming and saying fuck that's cold <laughs> or whatever right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> But this is a, this is our comic book team up moment because first they have to fight and then they have to team up against like the greater the greater you know villain. So Tommy's gonna get out of the water and be like, "What the fuck, bitch!" And like you know they have some kind of a conflict. They'll eventually you know work it out and then they learn what the longtime fans know about who the who the each other are. We get a little bit more of an expository backstory here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what I think and, and but and then you know while they're kind of having their moment, we got to cut away. Right. Where's Jason? Like, of course. Right. I say and, and you, you take it from here, but I'm thinking either this is the choose your own adventure. Right. Either <laughs> does he get the cops and like we, we take them off of the playing field early or does he just wander into one of these vacation houses like right through the back door and just start slashing left and right? <laughs> Oh, I, I think I think we leave the cops for, for a little later because we're, yeah. we're going to need the cops to get both Tina and Tommy and like basically somebody's got to get handcuffed. 
right? Mm-hmm. So they, they mm-hmm. got to get handcuffed and then be like, you know, you ain't going anywhere, punk. And then Jason kills them. And they're like, fuck, yeah. get the cuff keys. Get the, you know, we got to have that moment. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And plus, we also we have to have I want you to run it from here, but we also have to have a way to get Tommy and Tina at least temporarily off the the playing field because we got to give Tyler a chance to, to shine in some way. Right. Oh, OK. Wait, I, got, I got an idea for how to bring him in and, and show his powers. But um, so, OK, so we have we show random, you know, fodder family B. All right. So we got the like, you know. Sitting in the sitting in the living room of the cabin or whatever, they're they're drinking eggnog and and you know sitting around by the lights. And it's just like you know the maybe a, a like middle aged couple. Their kids are upstairs sleeping. You know they're talking about Christmas. Jason walks in. We could have like you know show the the bake like have some cookies on the counter <laughs> like they were baking earlier like little mm-hmm. gingerbread men. So because that's going to be important for a second, we're going to have gingerbread men on the counter, right? So Dad'll get up to get some more eggnog. And he'll come in the kitchen and fucking axe to the face. <laughs> yes. And yes. The, the blood will spatter on the gingerbread men decorating the cookies. Yes. Yes. So then he'll pick up a butcher knife or no, no, no. Better yet, he'll pick up the frosting bag. <laughs> yes. like, so the, the mom will get up and just, she'll be like, Bill, what happened? And he'll just frosting bag to the eye and frosting will come out of her orifices in her face. <laughs> yes. We got to have at least one comedic. <laughs> we got to have at least one like ridiculous. No, it's, it's like the, it's like the noisemaker in the eyeball in part seven too. Like you got to have the ridiculous kill oh, with like I the don't... silly weapon. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is no, just good. completely off the top of my head and I'm making myself laugh with it. That's no, so no, stupid. I, no, it, I, I'm 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 picturing like when uh, like when Wolverine injected Lady Deathstrike with like the adamantium like syringe yes! and like it just came out of her eyeballs. Like we gotta have like like fucking icing just coming out of like her eyeballs. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's good. That's good. That's that is totally a crowd cheer moment. You know, people in the theater would be like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. So, oh, so this is good, right? So this is this isn't just cannon fodder. This is also a good way to get Tyler back in the story because, so again, these are families that are on vacation. So we just slaughtered like you know cousin Eddie and like you know or whatever <laughs> and like you know and the mom with the frosting in the face, right? And then their kids, they have kids there, right? What if the kids like run outside, like oh they're scared shitless, run outside like in their pajamas and their Christmas sweaters because right. they're like where else are they gonna go, right? And then we see we see Jason just calmly walk off like oh, I don't care about them, you know like whatever, I'm done right? With them now. I'm done with them now. On to the next house, you know. But then now they're out in the woods, and then we're going to cut away, and we're going to see Tyler. Like, he had run off to go, like, cry somewhere, right? And then he looks up, and he sees screaming kids, and he's like, what's going on? Right? He, he can hear them, and so he's trudging through the through the, through the the snow, and he finds them, and he's like, you know, hey, come come over here. Like, we'll be safe, you know? And mm-hmm. so he he takes him back to, like, his house, like, where his sister is, um, but she's, like, asleep or something. Like, we can't – we got to forget about her for right now. Um mm-hmm. But takes the kids, or just takes the kids somewhere safe. Maybe one of the abandoned, one of the abandoned houses or something. Takes the kids somewhere safe. Uh, so we see that Tyler's like a hero, right? He's going to rescue people, right? Like he's yeah. got, he's not, he's not just some like pissed off goth kid who's like fuck the world. Like okay, he's got a heart of gold. We got, we got to see that in our hero, right? Um, yeah. So let me know if you have any other like interesting like kills because in my head I'm jumping forward to like I'm I'm picturing like the conflict when we finally get Tommy. Tina and Tyler all together, like 
with Jason. Like we finally get that, like the big climactic moment. So like, we're obviously we're not there yet in our, in our telling of the story, but like, I'm just thinking of like, Jason is going around killing the cannon fodder and Tyler maybe like finds a couple more kids who are like, are like maybe he go, starts going to the houses after Jason, like Jason's going in there and like killing these dads and moms and then on <laughs> the next one. And Tyler's right. like, Tyler's like not afraid. He's like following him. Right. Which mm-hmm. again, I want to show that he's, he's got some steel, you know, and, yeah. and he's, and he's rescuing the kids and he's, you know, he's getting them all in one place together. He's like the Megan character from part six. Remember how she went to like the cabins and she was like making sure all the kids were okay. Right. Megan, yes. the, the, the sheriff's daughter. Yep. Um, and so, you know, Jason's just going around basically like nobody's stopping him, right? He's just killing cannon fodder families one after the next after the next. Tommy's supposed to be protecting people. He wanted to have this like resort secretly as like a like a trap or a bait for Jason, but also protecting people. Now he's not protecting anybody because he's just, you know, he's stumbling through the woods running from the cops. But we got to cut back to him and you know him and like Tina and they're like they they finish telling telling each other their backstories. They know who each other are now. They're like, you know, the the we got the fucking Avengers together of like jason survivors you know mm-hmm. and and then boom here comes the cops right that's when you get and they're like oh yeah you know we got you now you know jarvis like you know you, you know you know and now you've really done it you know we know we we know you've been a bad seed all along and now you've proven it to yours you know whatever blah 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 all that bullshit you know sheriff garrity crap that we got in part six right. and you know and they, they yeah and this is what you know they handcuff him and tina's trying to get him to stop and then yeah this is where we can have that you know maybe maybe another killer too at some point before we get to it but yeah we got to have the thing where tommy's handcuffed but then boom here comes jason out of the woods with a machete or some weapon like blade to the face with some cop right yes. or just or maybe the cops putting the handcuffs on tommy and all of a sudden his fucking hands fall off because jason just came down with you know with like a machete and just chopped his forearms in half right <laughs> right uh, but, and that would be such a great panic moment because if, if tommy's like being cuffed and then right behind him like jason attacks the cop that's cuffing him you know him and tina are gonna run yeah, you know? and, he's, and he's cuffed right now he's like now he's weakened because he's like fuck my hands are trapped you know right and and the, the audience you know they're gonna be you're gonna think oh tina tina can just here comes jason he's just gonna stop him she or she's gonna stop him again the way she did before or she'll break the cuffs or she'll do something to help but mm-hmm. like again she's traumatized she's medicated like she'll get there but like at this point she's just panicking and she's not thinking straight you know and she's just like fuck let's get out of here and she's just running and she's never really had like a really strong control over her power anyway so i don't think i don't think it's stretching believability too much to just have them run but now we've got tommy who's handcuffed and like stuck that way for at least a short period of time you know tina's freaking out like she's no help whatsoever she's turned into you know fucking you know uh, like a catatonic, whatever, maybe not that bad, but like she needs a minute to like get her head together. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, we, you know, Jason takes care of the other cop and then maybe he's off again. And they're like, fuck, like we had him. He was right there. And now where, where did he go? You know? Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trailing off because I'm thinking like, you know, I think we have a good setup here. Like we maybe could have a couple more kills, but I think we got to get to this climax. We got to get to, they got to have the showdown. Right. Well, I th- I think if we're gonna do a couple more kills, just in, in no particular order, mm-hmm. with it with it being a Christmas Friday the thirteenth. Okay. Um, which is kind of funny because it wouldn't be Friday yeah. the thirteenth, but still, you know, yeah. it's it's a Christmas yeah. Jason movie. Um, so yeah. or Christmas season, we should have at least uh one one area like one group somebody is wrapping presents, 
and Jason gets the roll of wrapping paper and like <laughs> wraps their head and then throws them in the fireplace. <laughs> so, yes, so we need to have a fireplace murder, but we'll combine that with wrapping paper because we're again, you know, using every implement. Yeah. Um, and we should have at least one glass bobble to the face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the shatter with the glass sticking like, ah, you know, then I don't know, maybe he'll lop their head off with something. But, you know, OK, just, we got this, this is where I went. Yeah. So he finds the house where it's not a family. Now it's a bunch of like 20 somethings who were like getting drunk, having a good time. They're wrapping presents. Their music's playing. You know, they're getting a little body, you know, a little mm-hmm. a little a little naughty. You're talking about what they're going to do later to each other because you, know, you got to have that shit. You got to have that. Oh, we got to have at least one sex scene. Yeah, there's got to be that sexy element, right? And so, but now, but it's like later. Now it's like something they start trailing off. Like, okay, well, I got, I got to get to bed, guys. Ha ha ha! Wink, wink, wink. You know, and so right. a couple of them go upstairs, and then so you get like two of them that are still in the front on the first floor, and one of them is like, oh, I found a box of like my grandma's old ornaments. Like, you know, this used to be her house or some bullshit. Like nice fancy glass shit yes. you know, with like sharp like spheres with sharp shit on them like sputnik you know and, yeah, and, exactly and then the other one is still wrapping presents and so he's coming in and he gra- he grabs the scissors like he grabs the hand of the of the woman who's like cutting wrapping paper right crushes her hand like just pulverizes it in his grip and then with the scissors still in her hand just boom right in the eyes right nice. like op- open scissors into the eyes and then the other one who was you know, obviously hanging up ornament, she turns around and starts screaming. This is our screen queen. The screen, big, big Alanis Morissette mouth wide open, you know? <laughs> be- because, side note, I, mean, I can't be the only one that thinks Alanis Morissette is, like, unhinging her jaw like a fucking oh. anaconda when she yes. sings, right? Yes, absolutely. And I am not at all picking on Alanis Morissette because she is amazing. And I saw her in concert recently, and she is just as amazing now as she was 30 years ago. Oh, no, I, uh, I love her, but, yes, she's got a gigantic <laughs> mouth. Yeah. It's she just totally crazy. has, like, Billy Bass mouth when she opens up. It's yeah. Like, oh, wow. Like, when she does when she does that, like, uh, that uh, Black Bolt scream at the end yeah. of Dogma, it's just like, you know, yeah, she, she unhinged that jaw. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you can see the references are coming out. Like, wait, he's, how many times is he going to reference, you know, fucking Black Bolt? <laughs> <laughs> Little Inhumans reference in there. And I have, and I have not seen that damn show, but yeah, just yeah, anyway. me neither. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so this woman, the Scream Queen, she's screaming, and he's just like, "Fuck, bitch, shut up!" Right. So he takes one of these, like, these, like, and they. they you know what they are is they're like glass like globes with like yes. sa- with like santa claus like on the outside of them with like the reindeer like he's flying around the world oh but, like, no lots of little sharp antlers and shit and about the size of an orange and he just shoves that shit right in their mouth right oh, <laughs> oh that's gonna hurt <laughs> it reminds me of uh, like that like that light bulb scene from uh, um oculus oh Oh man. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just right in the mouth, right? And we, we'll cut away with like the scream, right? But like the scream trails off. Like he shut, he shut her up. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, but then he's got, but then yeah, he he goes upstairs and he finds the couple, you know, whoever, whatever they're doing, and or no, wait, 
someone downstairs has to walk into the room and like surprise him like he walks in with like you know uh, like like he like he brought the weed from his car you know what i mean like he's right. coming he's coming in from the cold he's like oh i found it and then jason's there he's kind of caught off guard like shit i used the scissors i used the bauble like what's left yeah so he grabs the wrapping paper catches <laughs> the guy off guard like wraps him up in the wrapping paper and then just shoves his ass right into the fireplace and just whoosh you know <laughs> And this of guy's course. on fire with like, a, like a, with like his winter coat and everything on, like in his in his weed bag still in his hand. Hold on, did you <laughs> did you mean to turn him into a joint? Yes. <laughs> the guy with the weed gets wrapped up and burnt. Yep. Exactly. That's amazing. No, I, I I didn't I got I didn't do it on purpose, but yeah, you're right. Like I said, yes, like yes, that's a great idea. Not yes, I did it on purpose because holy oh, shit, it's that's awesome. That's, that's perfect. That's serendipitous right there. Yeah, there you go. Because you gotta have you gotta have weed. You gotta have like premarital sex, right? You gotta have all that stuff. Yeah, and then he's got then he's gotta go upstairs and like take care of whatever's going on up there. You know what I mean? Like, and I almost think it would be cool if he just like busts in the door of a bedroom and there's a couple in there going at it and like the girl sits up like we get the we get the dem titty shot but then like we just cut away like you know what we got we got the shot like we you know but then that's it like leave that one to the imagination because we just saw a couple of really good kills downstairs like yeah just just cut away because later on those bodies are gonna hang be hung up somewhere. <laughs> right, he's gonna he's gonna decorate with them like he yeah. always does. Exactly, he's gonna trim the fucking tree with those bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Right? Yes, yes. Right? There'll be the tree outside with intestines wrapped around it or something. Yes. But no, we gotta have it has to be like in part seven when oh my god I forget her name um we oh god. I know I'm I'm getting ahead of myself, but we we just saw this actress in Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, which that that'll that'll probably be out by the time <laughs> this comes out. Um, but it, it's she's the 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 actress in Part Seven who uh is ends up sleeping with the stoner. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. she's that redhead, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. She like goes out the window. Yeah, but it's it's specifically that scene where she goes into his room or her, her you know the fuck buddy's room mm-hmm. and finds the cat. And she's sitting there and she finds the blood and she, mm-hmm. well, the severed head, you know, she puts her hand in the blood and she's like, and like freaks out. But it's, I want to have Jason have the same reaction in this as he had in that, where he just busts open the door, like an annoyed dad at a sleepover. Like, Hey, what's going on yeah. in here? Like, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're right. That's exactly it. Like, cause Jason just <laughs> pounded in that door. Like, yes. <laughs> what are you kids doing in here? <laughs> So, so they're they're banging away. We could totally have like the the sex scene like in in the remake where mm-hmm. it's just like we got to get the gratuitous you know dem titties bouncing and then just like pan over and see the door bust. Like, hey, what's going on in here? And have them exactly. scream and then cut away. Yeah, exactly right. And then yeah, at some point, like we won't ever see what's going to happen. Like. We, so at this point, we could probably that's – that's a couple of good kills, right? Plus we had the, oh, the yeah. families earlier. And then let's cut over to Tommy and Tina now, right? They'll, they'll finish up their backstory, and then we have Jason come, and he's going to, like, chop the cop's hands off. We can kind of get into that action, right? right. So as, to, as Tommy and Tina, they run off somewhere, obviously. they got to get their shit together. Jason's going to kill the other cop, and then he's going to be like, okay, like, what houses are left? You know, And he's going to kind of, like, walk off for a minute. Uh, but we're going to eventually have you – know, Tommy and Tina, like maybe they're just like freezing cold, or Tina's freaking out, and they're like, "Oh, like let's get you in out of the cold." They're gonna, they gotta walk into one of the houses or one of the yards or something, and that's when we're gonna see again. There's gonna be like a tree with like, 
you know, the, the, the people from the, from the, from the sex bedroom, like just, yeah, just like impaled on a tree somehow, <laughs> like just literally trimming a tree, decorating it. And there, and that's, and that's when the two of them, because notice up until now, like Jason just came out of the woods, but like Tommy saw him, but he still maybe was hallucinating. He, only right. he knew it was real. Tina hasn't seen anything. She just saw Jason come out of the woods. And maybe that's part of why she's freaking out so much is maybe she doesn't believe that it's real yet. Yeah. Right. Here comes, here comes Jason out of the woods, chops this cop's hands off. Maybe she's thinking like, I'm, oh, I forgot. I didn't take my meds. Like I left him at home and she's like, and this is the exposition. She's telling the audience, like I should have taken this and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, it's not real. It's not real. I got got, got to go to my happy place. And Tommy's like, no, like I'm handcuffed here. Like there are, there's a separate hand hanging off of my, my wrist. Like help me, you know? Right. But it's not until she sees the bodies in the tree that she's like, oh my God, because remember, you know, she she remembers she walked through the woods and had bodies like falling out, out, you know, out oh, of the yeah. trees. You know what I mean? Like that's what makes it real for her. But she's like, no, it really was him. Yeah. And we could totally have the bodies. Uh, for those of you that have seen um, the 2006 remake of Black Christmas, uh, Billy gets impaled on the top of the Christmas tree and like spins <laughs> down it, like wrapping his intestines. <laughs> so like it could totally be like that, like just impaled <laughs> on these little little trees. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe there was like a like maybe there was like a little a little five or six foot Christmas tree like on a porch like a decoration you know Mm -hmm. on somebody's like veranda you know yeah yeah that's good right yeah so now we 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 gotta get to we gotta get to the to the to the showdown we also gotta get Tyler like a little bit more to do at this point so Tyler's like rounding up the kids like is Tyler seeing any of this do you think or is he having his own maybe his own like uh, interaction with Jason at some point, like, you know, we've seen Jason go house to house and we've seen Tommy and Tina meet and like, you know, stumble who was trying to find them. But like, mm-hmm. this is Tyler, like he sees Jason, he's following him, but like, are they going to meet before our big climax? I think, uh, I think he should kind of, kind of come out of left field for Jason, but I think he should mm-hmm. know, uh, like Tyler should know what's going on. So let, let's have, let's say that Tyler sees Jason kill the cops Okay. And sees his mom run off with the, you know, the the crazy Ralph of our movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? She's like, what the hell? You know, like she runs off into the woods with this guy and we just see this this juggernaut murder these two cops. So now Tyler is trying to get to his mom to make sure she's OK, because clearly this monster is chasing them. So Jason is unaware that Tyler's coming after him, but Tyler's trying to stop him. OK, so that's good. Right. So. I like it too. So Tommy and Tina run off. Jason stops because he's got to kill the other cop first. Like he's got priorities, you know. Of course. <laughs> we have to have to do that that real quick, like Kane Hodder head turn, where he's like, "Fuck, where'd they go?" You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where he just goes and looks off to the side, and we get a really good, like you know, like a good profile, like half silhouette, like in the fading light, you know, or or in the the moonlight or whatever. Right. And yeah, that's good. So Tom Tyler sees this. He sees his mom run off. He follows him. You know, Tina's freaking out. She sees the tree. She sees the body. She's like, oh my god, it's real. You know, Tyler is seeing this, but he, you know, I'm not sure if he should just go up and like, okay, hey mom, are you okay? Like they they, they should they should meet. Um, at first I was thinking, no, because let's keep him apart, but this might be a good time for like, no, like Tyler runs up, like, you know, he's like, Hey mom, I'm so sorry. Like what's going on. I saw this fucking Jason and like, there's some kids over here and he's kind of babbling. And Tommy's like the fucking cuffs, somebody like Jesus, like, <laughs> like he's coming, he's coming. I have a machete, like help, you know, How about, well, hold on. How, let, let, let me backtrack you for a minute. So, yeah. So J- Jason is following, like he kills a cop. 
He goes mm-hmm. following after Tina and Tommy. Like, you know, she mm-hmm. sees the bodies in the woods, realizes, holy shit, this is real. You know, they run back to Tina's place, right? Tyler mm-hmm. is following. Uh, Jason's following. So it's basically Jason following them, Tyler following Jason. Mm-hmm. Let's have the recreation of, like, you know, Tina's like, oh, my God, my son's not here. She opens the front door, and Jason is standing right there. And oh, it's, like, shit. all all snowy and freaky. But instead of him attacking like he did in part seven, let's have him suddenly get thrown off the porch and mm-hmm. back into a tree and have a bunch of snow fall on him, like very cartoony. And then we see, we see Tyler standing there like with fists clenched, jaw clenched, like breathing heavy, like freaking out. And this is where mom realizes, holy shit, he has my power. That's so it. Tyler comes comes right because again he was scared he used it mm-hmm. he was terrified he's like oh my god this thing's gonna kill my mom so mm-hmm. runs in you know she's hugging him and all that he's trying to tell her you know what happened you know he he got all these kids to another cabin and blah 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 you know all the murder and all that meanwhile we see jason getting up out of the snow like what the fuck <laughs> you know yep. very like disoriented tommy's freaking out about being cuffed he's still gonna be cuffed for a little bit so now mm-hmm. we get Jason, like, while they're having this mini, like, family moment and Tommy's still cuffed, Jason just boots in the door like, motherfucker! <laughs> like, yeah. So he he's pissed. That, he, yeah, he kind of did that in part seven, too, where he was like, would you stop fucking pushing me out? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so now yeah. he's, he's mad as hell. They go running through the house, like, maybe Tina, like, grabs some kitchen knives or whatever. And she's, like, throwing them at Jason, you know, and, and you know, they're, uh, like, Tommy's telling, you know, Tyler, use your powers, use your powers. And he doesn't know how. Like that, Mm -hmm. like he's kind of freaking out. So they end up, you know, let's get them out of this cabin. So like they get out and maybe they run back to Tommy's cabin or Tommy's Mm -hmm. house, you know, and like he's going to have some kind of like an arsenal there. Like he's been stashing shit. Exactly. So we so we get him. We get them like, you know, they're Jason's like coming out, you know, coming after him. Let's have, uh, you know, maybe maybe Tina's powers. So so we'll have something happen where it's oh God. Sorry, real quick, real quick. I'm thinking about them getting out of this house. So they ran into this one house, wherever it is, right? So they could, like, have a minute to be, like, you know, to Tina get her head together. Tyler is going to come in and, like, get Jason, push him out the door. Jason's coming after them. Tommy's like, what the fuck? Someone unchained me or or whatever. Jason busts back in. there. They run up the stairs, just like in part seven, when Tina ran up with uh, with the the, the boyfriend that she was with. Whatever. They ran upstairs, right? Mm -hmm. But we got to have – and every Jason movie, there's always like a scene where someone like jumps out of a window, right? So yes. now, now they're on like the second floor of this house. Jason's coming up the stairs, so they just make it. They're like, well, it's snowing, like whatever. Like they got to, but we, we they make a decision to do it on a purpose. But we get that really good like slow motion fall, right? They jump off of like a second floor balcony into a snowbank. Tommy breaks his arm because his fucking arms are tied behind his back, right? Even though he hits ah, the snow, he yeah. now suddenly he's like, now he's hurt. Now he's screaming, right? They follow the plumbing, punching through the snow. They get up, they run away. Tommy's freaking out, screaming. He's like going this way, this way, this way. They look back. They see Jason just standing all like stoic on like the, the second floor balcony staring at him like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you bitches. You know? <laughs> right? right? Yes. Yes. So, so, so they go. So they get, they get to Tommy's like little shack, wherever he's living, his little house. And he's screaming, he's hurt, he's like, please, God damn it, the fucking cuffs, like, would somebody get him? And then, yeah, like, they, maybe they, like, you know, he's like, I got an axe over there. Maybe it's like, that. he's like, I got a, a hatchet over there. Like, pull that, like, you know, that tarp back. And they pull it back, and it's not an axe, a ha- hatchet. It's like a whole pile of weapons. It's like, he's, <laughs> yeah. been, collect- he's been collecting shit. Whether he was going to give it to Jason, use it against Jason, like, his, his motives are unclear. Like, you know, it was like, was he protecting? Was it bait? Like, what was it about? So they're like, what? 
what the hell? Who are you? Who like you know like right? But whatever. So they 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 chop they chop the the cuffs off. Obviously he's screaming. His arms fucked up. They don't have time to you know to help him. They know Jason's coming. They're like, what are we gonna do? Right? We have all these weapons. We have these powers, but we're all scared. We're all cold. You know. <laughs> um, right. Do we want to have it? So. What I'm thinking is, I think we need to have one of these characters die. I, th- we, I, I we can't have all three like final girls, so to speak, right? Or yeah. final boys like make it to the end. Like we got to have a dramatic death. And I think Tommy needs to. Be I was the I was gonna here. say yeah, Tom. No, Tommy has to go out fighting Jason. Yeah. Um. I so yeah. So they they get they get there. You know, they find his his arsenal of weapons. Um. Maybe he has a hacksaw somewhere. So they yeah. they cut they cut through the the chain of the cuffs. You know, he's he now has like. You know, his fucked up arm. So maybe like they, they make a makeshift sling or something for his one arm. Um, Tommy picks up a machete, you know, like it's a yeah. big fucking mm-hmm. machete, like the, the others arm themselves. And maybe like, OK, so Tommy would have had to have a plan. So let's backtrack for a minute. Yeah, he would have right. had to have some kind of contingency for in case Jason comes back. So what if he has like some kind of either shed or barn or something that he has rigged with like a bunch of like homemade explosives, you know, something Mm -hmm. that he was like, if I can lure Jason here, I can fucking blow his ass, send him to hell type of thing. Um, Oh, I got it. Oh, real quick. Real quick. I got it. Tommy's been doing this for years, thinking about this, planning this, but not really in his right mind. So like his plan is not foolproof. It's not great. It's not a great plan. You know what I mean? But like, (laughs) but he's he's also had decades to think about it. We never really explained like, where has Jason been all this time? Like, I'm not sure that we really need to, but, or maybe we could have some throwaway line where Tommy thinks like he he was hibernating for some reason, like maybe waiting, waiting for us to come back or whatever, you know, some bullshit. Um, But like in all this time, like Tina and Tommy were not the only survivors. We already mentioned Ginny once, right? Right. And Ginny defeated him because she pretended to be his mom and tricked him because, you know, Jason was sentimental, but, you know, confused and, and, and or should say prone to being confused. Right? right. So what if what if Tommy like found Ginny? What if he you know, what if he interviewed her what, and Rennie from part eight? Like what if he knew some tricks? Maybe uh, this, okay. maybe he's got like this little house. But what if behind his house is Jason's shack from part two? Right. Or one of his like little makeshift, you know, buildings that he's been living in. And like, you know, Tina's like, what the fuck is this? And she's and he's like, you know, like, you know, I had time to prepare. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, that, you yeah, know, I, was, I wasn't the only one. You know, maybe he doesn't name names, but he's like, I had some time to repair. I wasn't the only one. Like, I learned some stuff about Jason. And he's got like a recreation or like the actual shack, like literally like behind his house. And that's right. where they're going to go because they know as soon as Jason walks in, he's going to be disarmed, like uh, psychologically, like disarmed, you know, like, gotcha. okay. like, what do I do in here? Like, you know. Maybe there's even like a like a replica of like his mom's corpse or something like just something to really now they're really playing mind games with Jason. Right. Okay. No, I like that. Um, what I was thinking, like the whole like some kind of explosion is because it's it's two. Mm-hmm. One, mm-hmm. Tommy goes out a hero trying to trying to take yeah. down Jason. But two, I wanted to have a scene of Jason walking through the snow on fire. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, but yes, because we gotta have a we gotta have a burn stunt. Like those are, the movies are always greatest when they have a burn stunt. Um, yeah. So yeah, get, so we can get Jason into the shack and then do it in there. Yeah, may, maybe something. I don't know. Maybe it's it's either a homemade explosive or you know Tommy went to like an army surplus and got like a grenade or something. I don't know. So he yeah, yeah, 
yeah, I think some kind of homing explosion would be fine. Like they get in, they get him into, they get, they go in. Tommy takes him into the shack on purpose. Like we'll be safe in here. Like Jason, Jason will be confused. Like you know, I learned some things. I wasn't the only one. Blah 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 blah. And he's just got like weapons and stuff in there. They see this like corpse or a fake corpse, and they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know, like Jason's mom maybe is there. And then yeah, Jason shows up. Like he walks in the door, and they're like, "Ha! Huh, like what's he gonna do? Like we got him off guard. Like okay, the two, you know, like two, the two of you have like powers. Like take him down. You know what I mean? But like right." They're still kind of scared. Tyler does. Tyler doesn't know. Maybe Tyler tries, and he's like, but he's not, like, he, he wasn't in, in desperation at that moment. So maybe he couldn't quite, like, get the spark of it, you know? And, like, here, Jason's not stopping. Like, he walked in. He took a second, but he's like, no, 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 I've been here before. <laughs> you know? Like, it doesn't really work. So they got to have some kind of, like, a fight to the point where Tina and Tyler run away. Tommy throws himself in front of Jason and is like, no, you're not getting out of this fucking building, bitch. Like, you're not going anywhere. And he pulls, like, like this blanket back or a tarp or opens up a, a, a crate or something. And we see he, there's, like, a homemade bomb in there. And he just, like, boom, goes for it. Right. Okay, so here, here's how, we can, how we're going to do this. We have him run into the, the shed, right? Tommy's whole plan is we're going to confuse Jason and we're, we're going to kill him. Um, so Jason walks in, he sees, you know, the fake mom corpse or whatever. He does that momentary like glance at it, but it doesn't work. So he raises whatever implement he has. Let's say he has, you know, a hatchet, a knife, something. He raises it like he's going to throw it at Tina. And that's when Tyler, like, you know, he, his powers kick on. He panics because his mom is in danger. And we Mm -hmm. see Jason struggling against an invisible force with his hand, like trying to throw it. And he's looking like he's, he's looking at his hand, looking back. Mm -hmm. And then Tyler loses control and can't hold him anymore. So uh, Jason flings the knife and it ends up stabbing Tina in the shoulder or something. Okay, so he's like, yeah. he's like, mom, you know, the freaks out. And mm. Tommy's like, get him out of here. And then, you know, Tina grabs, grabs Tyler. They, they rush out, like maybe jump out a window or something. I don't know. Jay, no, so uh, here's real quick, real quick. Here's what I'm thinking. Right. Right. So yeah. Tyler and Jason are having a little bit of like a fight, but Tyler doesn't, he's not used to doing this. He doesn't know how to use this power. He's not very strong at it. Right. Yeah. So right. you're right. Jason, he, I, I don't know why, but I'm picturing like he had a shuffle that got broken off. There's like a wooden, like giant wooden splinter basically. Right. Okay, so yeah. yeah, almost like a javelin of like jagged wood. He throws it at Tina. It gets her pretty bad. Like, fuck man, she might die from this. Like she's fucked up. That's when Tyler is like, no, and then he freaks out because it's like, it's like the desperate emotion that's like really pushing it, pushing it for him. And, but then he goes, but he just goes from like zero to a hundred. So he goes from like trying to stop Jason to just, he blows the whole fucking side wall off of this building. Half the roof comes off. Jason gets flung into the corner, right? They're thrown, mm-hmm. they're thrown against the other wall. Then they have to get them, get up. Tommy's fucked up because his arm was busted. They just knocked him to the ground, you know? Yeah. And maybe Tom showed them like this bomb. Like they get, they're, they're like, bring him in here. There's a bomb. Like we'll go out the back door. He'll be in here. But then Tyler just blew half the building apart, you know, yes. not knowing what he's doing. So Tina and Tyler get up and they run into the snow and now Tommy's like fuck like I can't keep him in here because half the building is gone like he's Jason's just going to start following them so he just blows it he doesn't have time to get out yeah well let's ha- let's have him do this I I, I do want to have him like he'll jump at Jason with the machete mm-hmm. like he'll hit J- like he'll actually get yeah. a good hit in and yeah. Jason will like grab the machete this is where Jason finally gets his machete there he'll grab it and like pull it out of him and maybe that- stab Tommy with it and Tommy's just like, you know, go to hell or something like that. And then that's when he pulls the bomb and boom, they both go. You know, Tina and Tyler are thrown into the snow. They turn back. You know, the, the whole shed is burning. And mm-hmm. then out of the fire comes Jason holding the fucking machete. 
There you go. Yeah, Tommy's got to say like, "I'm sending you back to hell" or something yes, like that. It's yes. gonna be a back to hell reference. Some, some kind of, some kind of little. <laughs> yeah, but there. you're right. You no, know, and then that here comes the fucking T1000. That's what he is now, right? Coming out of the fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, perfect. So, so perfect. Walking toward him now. Now Tina is injured, and they and they were both thrown back from the explosion. Mm-hmm. So they're they're you know they're they're worse for wear at this point. Tina's bleeding. Tyler's freaking out. You know he's crying. He he doesn't know what to do. Jason's coming straight at him, and now this is where we're going to have the showdown between Tyler and Jason. So maybe, again, Tyler using his powers, whatever is around. He's picking up rocks. He's throwing, you know, freaking burning boards from the shed. Like, everything's just pelting Jason, and he's Mm -hmm. just coming for him. Now, remember, we still got to bring in uh, Tina's daughter at some point. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so that I was just thinking would be a stinger, right? So here's what I'm thinking for okay. like for this. Uh, for we have our big like this is our big showdown, right? The con the the climactic showdown, right? Tommy's dead, blaze of glory for his sacrificial death, literally, right? Blaze of glory, <laughs> right? Anyway, so here comes Jason on fire. He's steaming in the cold, like looking amazing, in right? Yeah, and he's coming. He's coming for him, and like. Tommy and Tyler, or sorry, Tyler and Tina, has, when they ran, they were running sort of in desperation, but they ended up going, like, back to the house where, like, Tyler had those kids, right? We got to kind of reference okay. that. Because then we see these kids are looking out the windows, and they're like, oh, shit. But then Tyler's like, fuck, I can't go in that house now. Like, I can't lead Jason to them, you know? Right. Uh, but Tina's like, she can't run anymore, right? She's on the ground. You know, uh, she's got this giant like splinter or whatever, like sticking out of her shoulder, out of her chest. Like she's like bleeding out like she can't, you know, and maybe maybe we see her start like desperately trying to lash out at Jason. Like maybe she with one hand, she's like swatting at the air and, and you see Jason, like imagine him getting hit by like invisible bullets, like boom, like in part six. You know, just, yeah, like he, just, he's he keeps on walking. Maybe he's like sliding slowly back in the snow and then taking another step forward and yeah. then like, you know, get getting hit where it looks like, you know, his shoulder goes back. And then yeah. he just takes another step like like she's she's holding him back to a degree, but he's it's not strong enough to keep him there. Yeah, so he's exactly. still coming. Yeah, because he's the unstoppable force. Right. And he's yeah, right. Right. And so and and Tyler is still can, can, he, he's not in a headspace where he's like desperate yet. Like he has been a couple of times where he's used his power at this like exponential level. So Tina is just trying to like hold him back and she's bleeding and she's crying and she's like, she's losing. She's the final girl, but this isn't her movie, you know, like exactly she's, right. And I would actually, I, I personally, I'm leaning toward like, let's just have her die right here. Or at least like maybe she just passes out. Maybe we don't know that she's dead, but like she's, but she's unconscious and she's out of the picture, right? And this is just right. Tyler. He's the only one left. Tommy's dead. Tina's unconscious or possibly bleeding out dead. It's just Tyler. And, you know, here comes Jason. Now, as soon as Tina passes out, you see Jason. It's like he's pushing against a wall like a mime. And then it just falls forward all of a sudden. Like, and he, he, stum- he takes a stumbling step forward. And then he's like, aha, like, now, now I got you, you know? Yeah. And Tyler's scared shitless. The kids are watching from the window. Tyler looks around. He can't run. There's nowhere to go nearby. He can't go in the house. His mom's laying there. He can't, you know, like, he's like, he's trapped, right? But then, yeah, and this is when he starts to get so desperate. He was desperate before to save his mom, right? But now he's like, I got to save myself. I got to save these kids. And then it's also just anger because he's just like, you know what? Fuck you, bro. Like, what the hell? You know, like (laughs) – you know, and, and it's a story arc for Tyler because at the beginning of the movie, obviously he hated his mom. He ran out to get away from her. You know, screw you, mom. I hate you. Don't ever talk to me again. And now yeah. he's like, now he thinks he needs. Now he's going to avenge her because, of course, he loves his mom. You know. Yeah. So then, so we see him just like, like, just like the showdown in part seven I referenced earlier by the puddle. He's just like, no, fuck you. But he doesn't really know how to use his power, so he just like 
pushes Jason down. And Jason gets up like, All right, but we've been through this before. Like, what else you got? You know, and then he maybe start maybe he's starting to throw stuff at Jason. And you know, whatever. We don't necessarily have to choreograph the whole fight, but like Jason's just getting closer and closer and closer. But Tyler is like getting, you can see he's getting more powerful, but he's not really succeeding in stopping Jason from getting closer. Maybe at one point he even like knocks the whole tree over. Like he's powerful, yes. but he's not thinking straight. He's not thinking about like, well, just pick him up or something. You know what I mean? Like he because he's just because he's it's his the blood's rushing, you know. Yeah. Um, so we get so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I might have to toss it back to you. Like, what's the final part of this fight? Like, what do we do to Jason? Do we do we have Tyler just fucking literally tear him apart? Like at the beginning of part nine, like he just blows up. Do we have him trap him back in the lake again? Like maybe under the ice, you know, <laughs> would be pretty cool. You know, like yeah. what does he do? Maybe he tries to get him away from the kids. Maybe that's the first thing. Like get him away from the kids, get him over to the lake, you know, and maybe, maybe it's a little bit of a misdirection. Like the audience is going to think, oh, the lake again. We've seen that in six and seven or whatever the fuck. Like, I mean, times you're gonna put him in the lake but like we do something different this time see i do like the idea of returning jason to the lake because i always picture jason as a lake monster yeah. like i mean to, to me he's he's the creature from the the camp crystal lake lagoon you know it's like 100 he is a water and, elemental for sure yeah so i like the idea of him returning to the lake but you're right it has been done before it's it's something that we've seen again and again and again um, and hell, we had him come out of the water in this movie. So, mm-hmm. which at some point I feel like, and we did, we never discussed this earlier, but at some point I feel it would be necessary but when Tommy and Tina are kind of getting to know each other, Tina finds out that Tommy is the one who put Jason in the lake. Oh yeah. Shit. You know, because yeah. she was trying to resurrect her dad and she resurrected Jason, um, yeah. because Tommy put him in the lake. So I think that would be kind of a cool little tension moment. Um, well, what if we use the fire? I mean, we just blew up this whole building, right? It should at least be burning to a certain extent, right? right? What if, like, what if, like, they start going to the lake, but then is Tyler smart enough to know? Maybe he, maybe he is. I mean, teenagers are smart. Maybe he's like, no, the water is where you came from. That's he's like, that's your power. I'm, I'm not sure how he's gonna like uh, verbalize it. He needs to say something out loud, like, no, we're not going there. We've done that before and it didn't work. And he's like, no. And then he pushes him the other way. Like we're going back to this fire. Like Tommy is not dying in vain just for you to get away, especially since I fucked it up and you know, blew the house up. You know what right. I mean? Like, like we take, let's take him back to the fire because if he really is a water elemental, like despite what yeah. J- Jason tried to say, let's kill him with fire for once, for once. Like, and, and it makes sense to bury him in the same grave as Tommy. There you go. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, no, I like that. So, so yeah, so this, how about this? For, so for this final showdown, like where, where, where Tyler is, you know, just throwing everything at him that he has, you know, mm-hmm. he hits him with a fucking tree, knocks him into the burning building. The mm-hmm. tree catches fire as well. So now there's like, I mean, it's, it's a big ass fire going on. And well, and Tyler, Tyler can be fueling it too. Like even with his power, like he's, yeah. he's, he's somehow he's fueling the fire like supernaturally. And now it's like a blazing inferno. It's like a crematorium. Yes. And we can have, so, oh no. Okay. You know what? Let's not have the tree fall on. Let's, let's have him knock him into the, into the fire. Right. Jason gets up and he's trying, he's fighting against Tyler. What if Tyler is impaling him with branches? Oh, okay. So, so we have like various sticks and shit, like almost like turning Jason into a pyre. So it's like stabbing oh, yeah. him down into the ground and like it's it's burning. All the branches are going up. And so the fire is getting brighter and brighter and brighter as Jason is burning. And eventually he just stops fighting. Like yeah. Jason just finally keels over. And we like we do the close up on the hockey mask 
kind of like in Halloween too, the close-up of Michael mm-hmm. Myers mask burning. We just see like maybe the eye is still open, you know, and then it just like it bursts or something. I don't know. It's have mm-hmm. like, some kind of mm-hmm. gross moment, and Jason just slumps dead. Like, yeah, so, is is he dead? Isn't he dead? Who knows? But he's a burnt fucking husk at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's good, right? And like, yeah, well, we'll we'll wait for another sequel to to, to explain like what do they what did the cops do with them? Like at the like the beginning of part three and like part four, we got to kind of see like you know like what did they take his body? What they do? Like fuck it, we'll we'll leave that for later, you know? Um, right. Yeah. So then so then we have Tyler standing over this blazing like you know half destroyed corpse. You know the the mask should melt at this yes. point right just let it melt into like a puddle like it that shit is gone no more mask tom you know and we tyler is just we, we close up on the face and the flames are just like reflecting off of his eyeballs and he's like fuck you you know and but also like you know he's upset he's still crying and then that's that's our big moment but then he has to like then he then he hears these kids and he turns around real quick and he's and all the kids are coming out of the house like they were standing on the porch watching and mm-hmm. he's just like you know and, and then he run, just runs over he he's gonna run over he's gonna take care of these kids you know and he's gonna like take them back into the house but when he goes up to these to, to the all these these kids that he was rescuing his sister is there and he can mm-hmm. be like hey like where were you I thought you were asleep and she's like oh I heard something and blah 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 you know whatever like she came out and she heard the commotion she's maybe like nine like not super young but like young enough to like have found them you know, heard the other kids, like, she has a couple of lines of dialogue. She's like, oh, I heard you, and, like, mom, and, like, you know, like, and she's all yeah. upset, and she's crying, and, like, I came to help you, but, like, you know, I, I, I couldn't help you, but, like, who was that? And, like, you did, you know, whatever, this whole, and and then, of course, Tyler's now comforting her. We get to see that's what he does. He's a hero. He's a nurturer. Like, that's his, you know, that's his thing. They all go back in the house, and, you know, they're like, it's okay. Like, we'll try to call the police. Like, you'll be all right. You know, Tyler is suddenly the adult. And then they get in the house, and then we see the front door. Like it's a, it's been a, a winter storm this whole time, right? So the front door blows open, just in the wind, right? Just and it smacks open, and everybody turns and looks. Like they're all shocked. And mm-hmm. that's what that's when we see, you know, Tyler's little sister. Let's call her uh, Terry, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So so she looks at the front door, and. But then she she goes from being startled to being like her face is like pissed or determined and she stares at the door and it slams shut. Cut to black. I was gonna say black screen credits. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh, Just, dude. Boom, that's the stinger. So we definitely went off target. We originally mm-hmm. were like, let's do the the family thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I think what we did better is we brought the family to Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. I so, think so I I kind of feel like we went, we went, I mean, viewer or listeners, viewers, God, what am I saying? Listeners will have to let us know, like, you know, write in, you know, comment, let us know what you think of our, uh, our rambling epic here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I think that we, we succeeded not in what we set out to do, but in a better way that we, we brought, we brought Friday the 13th families <laughs> together yeah, so. into this movie. Like I, it, I think it works. And I, I feel like this would work as a holiday classic, like, again, we know it's around Christmas. Like it doesn't always have to be on a Friday, the 13th. God, the whole yeah. film there's Friday, the fourth or Saturday, the 14th and Sunday, the 15th. Um, yeah, you know, is. but I feel like having it around Christmas time, it's a good excuse to get a bunch of characters in this area. I mm-hmm. love the fact that we brought back both Tommy and Tina and gave them fitting endings. Um, yeah, I shit. I want to see this now. <laughs> I know. Me too. I, I, 
this went this went to some really interesting places, you know, and I'm glad that at the beginning of the episode, it's our first episode, you know, we, we were kind of stumbling and kind of unsure how to start and like how to how to get into the topic. But once we really got into the topic, like this to me is what this show is really supposed to be about. It's why we wanted to have another podcast, because I wanted to have conversations like this, because this is really a truly an amazing idea. I mean, if, if I do say so myself, like I, I agree with nothing's that. nothing's ever going to come of it. So let's put it into the world through this podcast and let people hopefully enjoy it. If anything, I'm going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it. I had a yep. great time. We've been recording for just about two hours now, but I don't care. Like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. I love this idea. I do agree that this is a, we, we brought in Tina's family. We, you know, we brought the, the, the character, the, the, the family of the characters with Tommy and Tina back to the fold, a little cameo of Jason's mom. So we have all of that aspect, but then we got like all the good tropes of like the, the comedic kills and like, you know, the sex scene and the, and the drugs and the under, you know, the underage, you know, whatever. And we got, we brought back some of the old references and I, I really think we put together something that is really, really respectful to the legacy of the of the franchise, and it could fit. It could fit, yeah. A- after the remake and still work, it could fit. You know, pretending the remake didn't happen and we continue on with the original continuity. You know, forget Jason X, forget you know whatever. Like you can really slot it in anywhere after Part Seven. Yeah, depending on what you wanted to do, but I'm respectful of the whole of the whole franchise, you know, with the exception of Jason X being, you know, an alternate, you know, timeline. The rest of it, I think, really, really works. And I think it's, you know, I think this is awesome. And, and I, I like the fact that it has a finality to it for the 13th, you know, potential movie. We melted the mask. We finally, we used fire for the first time, really, to really stop Jason, like burned him up, you know, like they chopped him up and blew him up in part nine. But then they didn't, they should have just incinerated that shit. You know, <laughs> they, they right. just, you know maybe, it, maybe that movie would have gone better if they hadn't you know tried to inspect him and just incinerated him and been been done with it but yeah i really think this is this is cool it could be a fun like you know like like a krampus style like christmas horror movie i think krampus is a really good uh you know a really good um what's the word um like uh, yeah there you go it's like an uh, family christmas (laughs) yeah exactly because it's a it's a genuinely you know, horrific and scary movie at times. It has real horror elements. It's not just silly. It could, yeah. it could have, it could have been silly, you know, but it was, and, and yet, yeah, it's also a pretty sweet Christmas movie. It has a message about family and appreciating the things that you have, you know, and, and I think that that's all really, really cool. So yeah, I think this is awesome. I'm, I'm really glad we took the time to do this. Uh, yeah. really, really, really looking forward to, you know, to taking on another property next time. And maybe we won't always go into so much, uh, you know, uh, detail. But. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's going to happen anytime it's a property that we both truly love. Like if, if we were to hop on to, let's say uh predator, um, oh God. Oh God. or, or so, you know, something like that. I feel like we would go into probably as much detail um, <clears throat> as we did here. But if, if we're doing something like, like our original uh, concept for the, for this episode is like, like Josh mentioned earlier, we were talking about just tackling another Christmas movie. I mm-hmm. feel like if we were to tackle Home Alone and talk about, hey, what would we have liked to see? Uh, what would we have liked to see happen to Kevin next instead of going with yeah. a different, you know, member of the family or a different family altogether uh, mm-hmm. for for a sequel? I feel like it wouldn't be anywhere near as long, but it would still be just as fun. But yeah, anytime we're talking about a property that we're we're huge fanboys of, I think this is going to happen more than not. <laughs> so. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, like the title of the show, Raised by Rentals, you know, it, it, you and I were 
the, the title is supposed to be indicative of the fact that like the, the generation that you and I grew up with uh, is, you know, we, we grew up with this pop culture that shaped the world as we know it today. At least I think so. I mean, maybe that's just me being, uh, you know, uh, pretentious about the generation that I personally <laughs> belong to, but I feel like the greatest generation and, you know, uh, really had an effect on, on our society as a whole, as far as the culture, you know, coming out of the world war two era, I think the gen, the gen X de- generation really, you know, formulated the pop culture as we know it now, they weren't the first ones to do it. There was lots of interesting things before the VHS era, but I feel like everything now is always a remake. It's a remake or it's taking off of something you know from around that time period and i so i feel you know pretty you know grateful to be a part of that generation but i think we have a lot of really really cool things to talk about there's so many great ideas that came out of that so many great and classic movies you know i i almost said modern classics and i'm like karate kid is not a modern classic because <laughs> it's a classic but it's you know almost it's 40 fi- years old <laughs> it's officially a classic at this point <laughs> yeah right exactly not, there's nothing modern about it but and you know nothing really will be modern on this show because we're going to try to cut off around 2005 give or take but you know i mentioned before and this is a cool good segue into you know just a little bit more information about the show you know that today this was a lost footage uh category that's the genre shelf we went to in our little you know virtual uh, video store here and there's gonna be some other genres that we're we're gonna explore and i won't go into what they all are right now but you know we're gonna we're gonna be looking at some uh some final chapter uh movies where we're gonna give a proper ending to things uh that never really got a good ending we're gonna talk about what we what we what we would have done if we've been able to take that thing that just kind of petered off and like really finalize it. And, you know, the, we'll do some, we'll do some, uh, some editing room uh, categories as well. And Mike, you kind of alluded to that a little bit where we'll take yeah. an existing property that like it works, but like not, is really not perfect. And we can kind of tweak it a little bit and, you know, kind of we'll talk about what we would have done if we had had the opportunity to edit it a little bit different or make some small changes and really tr- make it great. Um, so yeah, so we'll get into some of those and, you know, hopefully we'll have some, uh, some things that will keep people interested. Um, I wanted to mention too, that in regard to this topic we talked about today, and I we somehow it never came up in the two hours we've been talking is that, uh, I am aware that there is a fan movie where somebody made a Jason in the snow fan movie, but I, I have not watched it. I purposely avoided it as soon as I like, uh, what I did was when you and I started talking about what we're going to talk about today, I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me, uh, I, I couldn't remember what I had just recently been watching where uh, Sean Cunningham was talking about it. And I remembered eventually it was the, uh, the movies that made us, I think that's the name of the show on Netflix. They did an episode about Friday the 13th and oh, they yeah. had, they had mentioned something about the Jason and the snow script. And so I was trying to Google that show. So I wouldn't be trying to remember it while talking like I, like I had to do. <laughs> but as soon as I started Googling it, like that short movie came came up and I had remembered that I had heard about it. And then I just immediately like closed the browser. Like, I don't even want to know. I don't want anything to influence what we're going to talk about. So that's just kind of like a disclaimer that like, this is just off the cuff. Like you mentioned earlier, you and I, you know, off the, off the dome, but I think it's some pretty cool stuff. So uh, anything else for uh, this episode, Mike? Uh, One of the things I I will say before we close out is it isn't always, I know you mentioned is it it isn't always going to be about movies, Um, but particularly particularly i can speak really um we did mention video games now we grew up in the nintendo and sega era and anybody who grew up in that era will will recall movie tie-in video games are trash (laughs) they are always trash and you don't want them to be trash but they are always trash so i feel like some of the stuff we will eventually talk about um is what would we have done 
with the NES Friday the 13th? <laughs> or what oh, would God. we have done with the NES Nightmare on Elm Street? Not that those games aren't fun in their own right, because they definitely are nostalgic and fun, but they're not good representations of the property in any way, shape, or form. So I know we, we wanted to discuss that, and we will be discussing comics as well. Mm. Um, I will probably be more familiar with the early 2000s era. That's heavily when I was getting back into comic books, um, and I got back out again around 2010. But... Um, I know there's some stuff that you and I could really go off on a tangent about, like uh, the the new X Men run that then uh, was it Chuck Austin? Was he the guy that followed? It was it was Grant Morrison, yeah, followed by Chuck Austin. Yeah, yep. Chuck Austin ruined that in my opinion. Um, <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. So that's what I say. Like we could talk about the Grant Morrison amazing new X Men run, followed by what Chuck Chuck Austin did to kill it, and what we would have done instead. <laughs> you know, stuff yeah. like that. Um, exactly. But again, most importantly, a lot of this is going to be, uh, you know, based on our memory. We're mm. not going to be doing a lot of research. Like, we're not going to sit here, download an emulator of Friday the 13th for NES and play through it and then talk about what we would do different. We're, we're literally going to be going off of our childhood memories of these prop- properties. So I'm sure there's going to be fans who will be like, hey, that didn't happen. Like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> we're not experts on the subject, but... It's going to be stuff that, you know, more of a, more or less just us daydreaming about a property. Yeah. Uh, so and I think this episode is a good example of that. We we used to do this all the time where we would sit and talk about like, hey, what would this you know, what would this be like? Like, I'll give a perfect example. And I think that this can sum up the uh, like the movie portion of the show best. When when Josh and I went to go see uh, Dawn of the Dead, the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead, um, I was, we were living in Rochester at the time and in my apartment, I had a bunch of horror movie, uh, posters up on my wall in the living room. And we were sitting in my, in my little dining area, drinking some coffee and discussing Dawn of the Dead and being like, okay, what, what, what movie do you think is going to come out next? Like, cause they were in, it was in the heyday of remakes in the early two thousands. All these horror properties were being remade. And of course we both went to, well, Friday the 13th, like that's gotta happen. And I mentioned this on, uh, on the boogeyman's closet a couple times, the conversation, like Josh just kind of ran with it and was like, OK, we get rid of the whole mom backstory in the opening credits. You know, mm-hmm. we have we show like a flashback intercut with credits and blah, blah. like he had that whole thing locked down and that we would start off with Baghead Jason and he would get the hockey mask. Like all of those details were there. Fast forward to 2009. I'm in the theater watching that movie and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, it's exactly what Josh said. So we used to have these conversations all yeah. the time. And yeah. uh, I think that's we're going to have a lot more of them. <laughs> so. And I'm really glad you mentioned that, too, because you mentioned that uh, story about the remake when um, what? Yeah, you mentioned it on, on the Boogeyman's Closet. Sorry. And I just uh, yeah. spaced for a second. Cause I'm like, I, you, you just mentioned that. But, yeah, you mentioned it on the Boogeyman's Closet. And I was listening to that episode and and uh, was like, yeah, I remember that. That's funny. That's crazy. I think it yeah, I think it was during the Dawn of the Dead episode you had brought it up. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. You know, and uh, so when I was listening to it after the fact, uh, even because even, you know, even the episodes that I'm on, of course, I'm going to listen to it after the fact. Right. Oh, of course. <laughs> listen to all the listen to all the dumb shit that I said and all the stupid, you know, uh, uh, stupid uh, <laughs> tangents I went down to waste time. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I always think it's funny because you're always like, oh, this was a long one. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's my fault. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no worries. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, I, I have fun with them. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. You mentioned that. And then I was listening to it afterwards. And, and that's when I really started thinking about, man, like I would love to go on there on and talk more about this kind of stuff. But 
I don't want to like, uh, you know, elbow my way into your podcast just so we can like have some bullshit conversations about this kind of, so when you mentioned to me that you were like, oh man, I'd love to do like a thing where we just have a conversation about these stuff. And that's when, when it kind of gelled for me. Cause I was like, you know, I was already thinking about wanting to have a venue for having these types of conversations. So I don't have to worry about derailing your boogeyman's closet episode, <laughs> you know, and we can just have these talks and I can, you know, get all this, all these ideas out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad we did the show because, and, you know, I, this is a truly, truly nostalgic, you know, uh, celebration here. And I am not going to apologize for it. Yes. We have tricked you into listening to a nostalgia show, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, we were raised by the video rental store. So what, yeah. what do you expect? And, and, and I'm sure you, you'll agree with me here, uh, that, I have a ton of very distinct memories of going to either Blockbuster or Video Factory or Movie Time, you know, mm-hmm. all these different rental stores, you know, far more video back in the day. Um, Delta Video. Good God, I'm dating myself. Oh, Delta. Um, Delta Video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I have so many distinct memories of renting like a movie and a Sega Genesis game or like mm-hmm. getting a horror movie and a comedy because you can't watch the horror movie and not watch a comedy and go right to bed. Like, Oh, it'd be scary. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have so many memories. So all these different movies are tied together for me right down to buying like certain types of candy. So like when I'll yeah. watch a certain movie, I'll be like, Oh my God, milk duds. Like it'll just like spring forth in my head. So that's a lot of what this show is going to be. It's going to be very nostalgic. It's going to be a lot of trips down memory lane. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Um, like, I know you mentioned with the Boogeyman's Closet, uh, derailing it and stuff. And I am I really like those types of conversations. That's one of the reasons I was like, we got to do this because I want to have more of these conversations. Because I never look at it as being derailed. I'm having fun. The mm. only unfortunate thing is a lot of times we're recording on a night I have to work. So I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got to yeah. move. Um, but we, we do have a distinct uh, format on the Boogeyman's Closet. And it, it is it is one that kind of happened organically uh originally we were just going to talk about the movie like many other uh horror movie podcasts just our own opinions on a movie Mm -hmm. and slowly it kind of became let's go through the movie beat by beat and Mm -hmm. kind of talk about everything like like sometimes down to ridiculous like unimportant details but stuff we found funny and I've gotten a lot of feedback on that that like people like that so hopefully you guys like this type of show because this is honestly one of the things I originally set out to want to do with the Boogeyman's Closet is have these nostalgic talks. So I'm extremely excited to have this outlet to talk about this type of stuff with properties that I love. So yeah, yeah, hopefully I everyone. Agree. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, oh, sorry, no I didn't, didn't mean to step on the step on the end there. Oh no, um, no, yeah, I totally agree. Like to me, this this show is. It's the conversation that you have in the car on the way home after you've gone and seen an amazing movie, right? Like every, yes. like, like to this day, like when I go see a movie in the theater, if I'm not like with friends or other people who are as much into the movie as I am, um, like I always get real bummed, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, me you know, <laughs> I, like I, I mean, and obviously like, obviously I love going to, to see the movies with my kids, but like you go see a movie and it's, you know, it's some family, you know, film and yeah, I'll geek out about it as much as you can with, you know, with some of those things like with, with my kids, especially my daughter, um, like the jungle cruise movie most recently, which a very, very surprised was actually like legitimately cool. And we had like some really cool conversations about like the history and the references and the plot was very, you know, very, very, I mean, it's very Hollywood formula, but man, they, they did a good job. Um, mm-hmm. 
but like it's not the same it's not the same you know as as watching uh you know some some big blockbuster or horror movie or action movie but like i said you know we were latchkey kids like you know raised in the in the video store rental era and so many things about my personality are fueled by those exact same memories that you mentioned, you know, like the way that I speak, the things that I do for fun. And like, I can trace it all back, you know, to those early trips to the video store, you know, to where I found like clash of the Titans for the first time, you know, yes. and, 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 and I, part, you know, I'm sure that part of the reason why I love, you know, something like RoboCop so much to this day, which is probably in my top five, is oh, because yeah. when we we were kids, my mom, if we rented an R-rated movie, she would insist that she and my dad watch it first, which I'm sure was just an excuse for her and my dad to have like a movie night without these stupid kids, but also, <laughs> you know, but also so that like they could see if it was okay for my brother and I to watch. And of course it was the eighties. It was the nineties. The standards for parenting were so different, but yeah, I remember, I remember like sneaking out of my bedroom and staring down the hallway, trying to like catch a peek of the show, of the TV screen. Cause I'm like, Oh man, Robocop. Like I want to see that movie. I don't want to wait till tomorrow, you know? Yep. And, and I just have and that sort of a memory is like a very, uh, you know, it's a very, uh, um, it's a very important memory to like my development and like the things that I enjoy. And because of course, you know that it became like this forbidden fruit that i had to see and oh, yeah. you know it's indicative of the era that the next day my mom was like yeah it's okay if you guys watch it but when you get to that scene in the locker room like just fast forward a little bit and you know she didn't <laughs> want to tell us it's because there's like a topless woman who's on screen for like a half a second but I'm like, okay so it's okay to watch the guy who's who's blown literally to pieces by a hail of bullets shot so many times that his <laughs> body starts to fall apart you know, some guy does coke off of like uh, his girlfriend's tits. Like they, they, there's so many flying body parts and blood, and a guy gets literally melted. But hey, I gotta fast forward through that topless scene for a half a second, right? That, that's the yep. era we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and I was just thinking about that when you were saying that. I'm like, that in particular, I remember why. Why well, saw RoboCop in the theater? I remember my my dad took me to see that, and I was. I, I was shocked by some of the stuff in that movie at like what seven? I think it was was it eighty seven that came out? I think yeah yeah um, the same. I think I think it was eighty seven too. My first movie I ever saw in the theater was Platoon, oh or God. I should say my first <laughs> my first adult movie. Let me say it that way. My first adult movie, like you know, it wasn't G rated. You know, right? Was, yeah, right. Was, yeah. My dad took me to see Platoon. Yeah, I say uh, I I remember uh, the two that stick out to me that my dad took me to see that I I looking back as an adult I'm like my God were <laughs> RoboCop and Predator. Um, but but with RoboCop, you know, yeah, that, you know, you're, you're a kid, you're like, oh, boobies. But for me, it would, the scene where Murphy gets shot apart, like that stuck with me. That scared the hell out of me. And then the, the whole melted man thing, like when he gets exploded by freaking Ray Wise driving the truck, (laughs) like like, that terrified me. Right. And and you guys mentioned on Count Creepyhead not that long ago how like so many uh characters, like villains from that time period were like toxic waste, you know, themed yes. in some way or another. And I'm like, you know, I guarantee you that like Robocop was a big influence on that because by you know, by nineteen eighty nine it was like, you know, everybody was toxic waste, this or that. I mean, of course, you, you know, know, there was environmental concerns, but like there's a reason why all of us kids were scared of it too, because like yeah. we literally saw we saw a guy get melted and then splattered <laughs> like a jello mold all over the roof of a car. And then you're like, every villain after that has toxic waste, and you're like, I ain't fucking with toxic waste. Like, you know, like, and, and to bring it back to Jason, he even got taken down by toxic yes, waste. Once. I know, right? <laughs> and 
And, you know, let's not, I mean, this is an interesting one too. Like, so you and I grew up in the Niagara era, right? Or area yeah, yeah. Of, of Western New York, right? I lived in downtown Niagara Falls, right? You lived in what, uh, Wheatfield, town of Niagara area yep. and uh, Love Canal, right? The, the, the famous uh, neighborhood where, you know, that it was basically like, if you've seen Aaron Brockovich, it's the same thing. Like there was like, you know, toxic waste buried in the ground that like, you know, leached into the groundwater and a bunch of people got sick, which don't, um, actually on, on that, again, like, like Mike said, this is all memory, but like, you know, we, we grew up in, <laughs> but we grew up in that city where that camp, that, that company existed that like poisoned this whole neighborhood with their toxic waste buried in the ground. So we grew up thinking toxic waste was going to like turn us all into like the X-Men or like, or like splatter us like, uh, you know, like a, I don't know, like, like into a, you know, a ball of slime. So it was like one or the other, bro, like, you know, good well, luck. <laughs> the first zombie story I ever wrote in high school took place in Love Canal. <laughs> <laughs> because I, w- I was like toxic waste of course they'd come back from the dead see and everyone everyone i know too has those stories when they're a teenager of like that there's some place in your town like you sneak in and there's like oh if you look oh, over yeah. there you see like eyes or like there's a ghost or there's like a urban it's an urban legend type stuff you know, you gotta go to this neighborhood and there's you know like here here where i live in texas uh there's urban legends of like uh, this character called the hairy man or, or you know there's a and there's a couple other like interesting like ghost stories growing up in niagara falls like we'd go to love canal and like you'd mm-hmm. have to go go see if you were going to see flashing lights at the mushroom house or if you're yep. going to Get, get, gonna get followed by the ghost car you know <laughs> and everybody learned to drive in love canal <laughs> exactly, right exactly because it was a whole it was a whole neighborhood you know with stop signs and parking spaces and everything but it was like abandoned and mm-hmm. it was cr- creepy as hell but all those factories were still there i mean of course osha came in and cleaned them up but like you yeah. know we, we grew up in a town in a factory town with love canal and watched robocop and again this is a weird, weird tangent we're trying to wrap the show up and it's like now we're talking about toxic waste <laughs> How did we get here? Uh, so anyway, let's wrap it up. You know, we've gone uh, pretty long, which is fine by me. This is going to be a long show. So if you're here and you're listening, like, you know, like buckle in. This is a oh, good yeah. one for for a commute or I, like you know, Boogeyman's Closet and Count Creepyhead episodes are pretty long. I like to listen to them when I'm like doing chores around the house, you know, because, you know, I can kill a good hour doing the dishes and, you know, folding some laundry or whatever. So um, anyway, uh, any last thoughts, Mike? No, I think we, I think we covered everything. And uh what uh, what we'll be doing with future episodes? Oh, and that's the other thing, our our, our uh, timeline. We're mm-hmm. we're we're looking at right now just because we both have a lot of other obligations and responsibilities. We're looking at about a two time a month uh, type of of podcast. However, that may change. We'll we'll see where it takes us. But uh, like, there's there's not going to be a lot of concrete uh, formal or formalities with this show. Um, but yeah, we, we initially talked about it twice a month. So biweekly type of thing. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, we, we may find out that we are having way too much fun and uh, we want to do more. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes. And uh, we're just kind of feeling it out. So thanks, everyone who's listening to this for kind of coming along with us as we we figure things out. And like, like you mentioned, Mike, with Boogeyman's Closet, you guys kind of, you know, found your format over time. And I'm sure that we will as well. So, you know, we've got some some uh, some areas of the video store we want to we want to go check out, you know, some uh, categories rather than genres. So we can just kind of have a just a starting off point. Right. For a good conversation. Um so, yeah. So, Mike, you already mentioned the Boogeyman's Closet and you mentioned uh, Count Creepyhead's uh, Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Uh, anything else you want to plug before we sign off? 
Uh, no, just if you guys want to check that out, uh, it's just the names of the show. Uh, Boogeyman's Closet and Count, uh, Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash, Creepyhead with a K, uh, both on Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, pretty much wherever you find podcasts. So check that out. And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. All right. Yeah, you can uh, find uh, my little comic book uh, side project on uh, Instagram and Twitter uh, at Comics Boost, uh, C-O-M-I-X-B-O-O-S-T. Uh, if you're interested in uh, checking out some uh, some new uh, comics uh, that are uh, crowdfunded uh, special projects, uh, I like to try to draw as much attention as I can to up and comers as well as, you know, standard uh, or uh, known professionals who are uh, crowdfunding uh, cool comic book projects, all different genres. Uh, so you can come check us out there again comics boost with an x on uh, instagram and twitter and uh well with that you know just thanks to everyone for tuning in to the raised by rentals program you can find us uh, on pretty much everywhere on social media uh, with the username raised by rentals all one word also at RaisedByRentals.com. we have links uh, to all the platforms there as well as our email uh so whatever service you're listening to this on please you know come back next time uh and if you would be so kind leave a rating leave a comment let us know what you think and what we should talk about next time you know maybe you'll have a great idea uh and with that uh i'm josh i'm mike and we have to return some videotapes raised by rentals is a member of the rad pantheon network visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff the theme music is forbidden fruit by velvet bethany you can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com